Podcast like a motherfucker. Welcome to Amateur Podcast, episode number 68. It's Henry P. Miller, and I'm here with Casimir the Swede. Hello, hello. Back for another episode of Amatime. Um I think this episode we're going to cover tech, uh, the English Championships that we went to last week or the week before. Uh, yes, well, now it's been two weeks, right? I think, kind of, one and a half. Yeah. So we have a we have a few kind of interviews sections with the guys that we were staying with um, that we'll cover, and at the end of the show we'll go over some aspects of what our games and how they went. But first we have a new sponsor of the show. We've got a new sponsor, Casimir. How good's that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're like making it big time, you know. Yeah, famous famous podcast now. Exactly. How how many other podcasts have sponsors? Come on. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we can quit our job soon and uh, and uh, just live off uh, free miniatures for life. <laughs> yeah, just like you get it sponsored, you paint it, you sell it, that's your life now. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, it's, it's not going to work. It's no. not going to work. <laughs> maybe, maybe in a few years if we have like 10 sponsors. So if you want to be a sponsor <laughs> of the show, get in touch and uh, help us fulfill our dreams of, of being knife age self-sufficient. That would be great. <laughs> All right, so who is the sponsor of the show, Casimir? It's uh, a Danish company called Weird Farm Miniatures, who do uh, resin 3D prints. Yes, so they are a 3D print shop in Denmark, and they have really, really, actually really good quality sculpts at a good price. So if you want to go on their website, you can go to weird-farm.dk, and you can check out their models. So what we're going to do, we're going to talk about a little bit about what they do and why they are such a good print shop. And then we're going to go into the tech stuff. So, Casimir, why are Weird Farm Miniatures the best place for 3D printed miniatures? <laughs> so the the guy sent us like a, a whole list of reasons uh, from himself, which uh, are quite appealing. So he starts off this list by uh, saying that uh, he uh, really loves uh, miniatures and the uh, that he carries that through and how he, uh, you know, how he prints and treats them. Like, this is not just some, you know, random thing on Etsy where somebody is just trying to make money of a, of a random 3D printer that they bought. Yeah, I've, I've had some, like, quite bad experiences on Etsy, like, buying, like, 3D printed stuff. I've had, I bought some, like, Kip Iron guys, I think they're Lord of Print or something like that, and they came all broken and I wrote him back and he didn't reply to me and then... And then I was just like there with like two models that I paid like five hundred krona for, and they were both really bad quality and loads of it broken and everything. So, um, yeah, yeah. This guy's called Nils, and he's got he has actually his communication has been really good with me this last few weeks. So, um, he's really passionate about it, and he says that he he used to play fantasy um, until the early nineties, and um, a lot of the direction on his shop is focus towards the ninth age so if you can see when you go in the shop that um, if you click on the miniatures tab like all the factions are listed in alphabetical order and you can search by ninth age faction on exactly like what models that you you want to get him print to print for you and from the last experience of like 
talking to him about two weeks ago and then looking through his range now. He's always constantly adding uh, new print files and new uh, new options for this web shop. Yeah, exactly. And there's all, I mean, there's quite a huge range, I would say. Especially yeah. like uh, for some of the factions are completely f- fleshed out, you could basically order an army, I think. Yeah, definitely. There's, there's, he also has like loads of different um, prints you do, or like, I don't know what you'd call it, like the people who make the STL files. Um, yeah, the sculptors, I guess. Yeah, just just some just to read a few of the the mount that I I've heard of. Like he has uh, Asgard Rising, which make these like uh, Norse style models. Uh, he has got Avatars of War. He's got clay cyanide. He's got um, Highlands miniatures, which are kind of um, they do more like uh, humany type uh, Empire song style guys. Um, he's also got uh, Sali Factory, which do quite quite cool, interesting Undying Dynasties models. Yeah, they they have quite a few different things. Yeah, at this I mean, my personal favorite is Clay Cyanide because they like they make like super nice like dragon models and really big monsters and stuff like that. <laughs> right up your alley. Yeah. So if and um, also he said that if you if there's if he has the um, the miniature company on the website. Um, and you can't find the STLs that you want, um, you should just contact him. And because he hasn't actually put all the STLs that he has up on the website yet because he's got so many. Um, so I think he's very flexible. So just send him an email and get in touch with him um, if you if you want to, uh, have if you have any questions, basically. Um, he also says that um, because he's so passionate about it, he, he does everything on like, the highest position possible. He says he has a layer height of 0.03 millimeters, which I assume yeah, like, assume means is that yeah. <laughs> that uh, <laughs> it's really high quality. I don't know what yeah, that means. Yeah, like we have no idea what that means, but we, we do know that that's very small. So yeah. that's <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a very small layer height, and uh, and he also talks about the type of resin that he uses. Um, yeah, I think this is a really important point because a lot of times, you know, when you get a three D print, it's really brittle. Like, uh, so it's, you know, it won't actually survive gaming for a while because if it has a spear or a sword or whatever, and you drop it, it's just going to break off. Yeah, exactly. So that, that the fact that it's a bit more bendy than normal resin is, is a big bonus in my books. The amount of times my models are breaking and I have to glue them back together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's like, the, that's the, one of the reasons you we don't, like, for the most time, don't like metal models, right? Because they were so prone to breaking all the time. If, if it was like a dynamic model and not like a little clump of lead like most of my dwarves. <laughs> exactly. And he also says that um, he's happy to, to talk scale with the customers. So if you want something like scaling up or down, then just get in touch with him and, uh, and Nils will, will fit it to what your purposes are. And if you want to contact him on the forum, you can find him at Philthor, so F-I-L-T-H-O-R. And the website, again, is weird-farmminiatures.dk. And you can also just shout, give us a shout on the forum and we can uh, put you in touch. And uh, I think the next time we have a show, we will do a little bit of a, a model review. So just we're going to get some models from them and, and talk about if they're, if they're good quality or not. And I, yeah, I, must, I must say, I don't know about you, Casimir, but the, the prices seem like fairly competitive or at least reasonable. Yeah, exactly. I, I feel like it, it helps a lot that he has kind of 
gathered a lot of this stuff into his own website because I, I feel like a lot of times it's quite expensive if you buy free prints on Etsy or something like that, and then like in your experience, sometimes it, the quality is not great anyway, so yeah, you don't really get what you pay for. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, um, check out our sponsor, Weird Farm Miniatures. Weird Farm Miniatures, the best place for three D printed miniatures. Weird Farm prints at the highest resolution with the best quality resin. This means that the miniatures look great and are more flexible than regular 3D printed miniatures. Weird Farm are a print shop based in Denmark and are part of the Night Age community. They offer great service at a good price. Weird Farm miniatures for all your 3D printing needs. Made by Night Agers for Night Agers. You can find Weird Farm at weird-farm.dk. Welcome back to Amatime Podcast. We're going to talk about some tech games. So, Casimir, what happened at tech? Uh, it was a great tournament, first of all. Uh, I think uh, I had a really, really nice time. We also, we've like, uh, I think we did okay. Like, none of us did amazing. But uh, I had uh, I had five really solid games and uh, took away three wins and, and two losses, which I'm quite happy with. Do you know what position you came? Uh, yeah, I think I came in the 17th. You came 18th. Yeah, I think so. We I think we were seventeenth and eighteenth, so probably it's like the victory points were the decider, but I'm not sure. Or maybe it was just arbitrary, like uh, you know, uh, the first name of your yeah, first letter of your name. It, or it looks it looks like you and I actually ended up both on fifty seven points, which is pretty good score. And we, yeah, I would say so. You had like one thousand more victory points than me, and the guy who uh, above us, who's also on fifty seven, had like one thousand victory points more than you. Ah, okay, so, so yeah, it's like pretty decent. That I think in total uh, there were like sixty-five people showing up on day one. Uh, and how, then, how, uh, did Ma- the, how did Matt get sixty points? <laughs> yeah, like he. Well, I mean, he had some like real stumpy stump, you know, <laughs> list with just uh, you just push it forward, you know. Yeah, I'm just I'm just looking at like we we added, like Tanker was above us on fifty-eight, Core was above us on fifty-nine, and Matt was above us on sixty. Yeah. Oh well, fifty-seven. Yeah, it was. I think it was a good tournament. I had a couple of games that just went badly with some stupid dice, but that's that's how it is. I can I can play better and avoid those mistakes. Yeah. Do you feel like the dread elves are susceptible to that, or? Mm, well, both games went badly because of discipline tests. Oh. And I think I think stuff like putting the altar in. Which makes you cause fear, can like mitigate like fear tests. I think that that could that's be true, yeah. that's something. Um, I also think that. Um, I think that yeah, just I think there was what there was a few mistakes I made, but we'll get into it as we talk about the games. So yeah. uh, do you want to take a like? I, we we should go game by game, but I don't want to go like detail battle oh, reports. But detail. just uh, let's talk about the key points of each game. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. So, yeah. How, what happened in game one? Who you who you're playing against? So I was playing against Rory. Uh, I think uh, I was trying to like bring it up here, but I'm pretty sure it was Rory on uh, on uh, Sorry Ancients. And uh, so it was kind of interesting because when when we signed up for for tech or the lists were out rather, uh, I looked at the list and there was like a lot of gun lines and a lot of lizards. I thought like this isn't really a good field for my like seeker dwarf list. Like it, I'm just gonna get shot off or or poisoned off and stuff. But I was lucky enough that in this matchup that I drew, he had kind of an aggressive Sauron ancient list, 
which we all know is really bad. Uh, you know, so uh, <laughs> not really, but but uh, it's it's in my opinion, it's a lot worse than if you just play like a douchebag with avoidance and stuff, right? You said he had Sor- uh, Sorin Ancients. I've got all the yeah. Rest. So he yeah. had like a Carnosaur, uh, Quattle. Then he had like a big bus of uh, of uh, Cav and uh, like a big unit of Saurus Warriors and two more monsters. Like I think one Taurosaur and one. I don't know what it's called, but like the one that has like a breath weapon. Stegosaur. Stegosaur, okay. Uh, so, so yeah, and, and I think kind of what happened was that he split his army, so he kind of put his uh, uh, Carnosaur on one side and then everything else on the other side. Uh, and we were, what were we playing? We were playing, uh, we were playing two pennies in the first round. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, so basically I, like, uh, I've, what made him put the Carnosaur there is that I baited him to, like, I put a scoring unit to try to pick up that penny uh, and then fight everything else on the other side. So what happened was that he went for that scoring uh, unit to deny me that objective, and then my secret characters in their little skirmish unit, they just, like, came stalking after the Carnosaur. And <laughs> in the end, like, what happened was that I, I like, reformed the dwarf units so he couldn't get past them. So he, like, had to charge them, and that meant that he, like, stayed on the table... Uh, you know, in range of my Seekers, and the Seekers just charged and went like, okay, hello, dude, 10 wounds, you know? Uh, and <laughs> uh, but then on the other flank, he was uh, he was a bit unlucky with some discipline tests, which just let me, like, run over the rest of his army with, with the Brusters and the other Seeker units. So it went really well, and I finished on, I think, 19 points nice. uh, in the first game. Solid start. It was either 19 or 18. Solid start. Yes, yeah, so that felt really good because <laughs> traditionally I think Sarn Ancients is just kind of a rough matchup for dwarves. So, so I I felt very happy with that one. Did did he? How was his poison shooting? Was it like? Um... He had like some chameleons, but they never really got like you know got off against the seekers. They like they tried to shoot some my war machine. I had a cannon and and some units, but like i it really you know it really hurts when they shoot the unarmored dwarfs but he like shot the skirmishing guys and they stood on a wall or something and you know okay fair enough it's yeah <laughs> they made it hard for him yeah definitely and like I've, one thing i realized is that when you play seekers actually uh finding the terrain and picking a side where there's lots of terrain is actually really helpful because like just minus one uh, to shooting it just makes them survive so much longer yeah i guess like the skirmish ones with hard target are actually quite good for that yeah exactly exactly Okay, so my game one, I was against Mr. Tony Hale from the Fancy War oh, Gaming podcast. And celebrity? He, yeah, minor celebrity battle. And he had Warriors of the Dark Gods. And he had the Feldrak Ancestor list. So a big fat Feldrak Ancestor, a Chosen Lord on Chimera, um, a general, a Sorcerer General with Evocation just on foot with some armor, some warriors, some fallen, some chosen knights, some more chosen knights, some warrior knights, and some flayers. So I did a sneaky, sneaky trick on this one. Um, he deployed his chosen knights on the far right, um, like next to a building, and then he'd put his like chimera like face like sideways so that he could like spin and get an extra inch of movement. Um, yeah. So I did. I he I knew he was having the first, he dropped for first turn. So I like vanguarded up my shadow riders so that he's his chosen uh, lord w- could see them, thinking that if he if he charges them, I'm just gonna flee, and then because he's like one inch away from the building, he's just gonna bounce against the building, 
and not be able yeah. to complete the well he's not going to be if he assuming he can't complete the charge then he's just going to be stood there and then the war, the chosen knights behind them are going to be blocked for a turn because so uh, so what happens so then? did he, he he take it he took it <laughs> took it like a chump of course <laughs> <laughs> and I, I fled and I fled through all my stuff I passed all my discipline test rerollable discipline 10 rerollable discipline tests and I rallied the next turn and then I could chaff again <laughs> <laughs> So the, yeah, because this, this Chimera wasn't winged? or It was not winged, no. I feel like when you have a Chosen Lord, you do want to buy wings, in my opinion. Like, yeah. it's, it might be expensive or something, but just like a, a flying character is just so much better than a ground character. I think, I think except for against cannons, of when course. When you have the Feldrak Ancestor as well, like, you kind of oh, have yeah. two things. Maybe you that, can't. Two things that, oh yeah, maybe that's the thing. Yeah. Uh, maybe uh, I mean in general you're right like having two things that you can chaff which are kind of killy then yeah and I knew I didn't really want to fight this guy at all the whole uh, the whole game so that was also good because it hit, took him out of the game for a turn and yeah so that that was kind of the right side and then on the left he had um, the other unit of chosen knights and the Feldrak ancestor um, and basically my game plan was to just try and ping a few wounds off the Feldrak ancestor with the snipe that I had on cosmology, some bolt throw shooting, just if I can get one or two sixes here and there, then um, then that's great. And just like throw everything at it and just slowly wear it down, and then just charge it with something and just ping off the last few wounds in combat. And yeah, basically that's what happened. Um, he he played a bit overly aggressive in the first few turns. He took a, tra- a turn one charge from or turn two charge from my like crossbow guys with the BSB in and that kind of just like bounced everything through and then I I charged the I charged the Feldrak Ancestor it taken a couple of wounds from shooting and I charged it with uh, three Gorgons and a Kraken and uh, yeah, basically basically Kirsty just ate like four wounds on the Feldrak in one <laughs> round and, and killed it in the first turn Nice. Yeah, because she does what? D, is it D3 multiple wounds? Yeah, or D3 much? wounds. So the uh, Feldrak's got six attacks and it hits me on fours because I got distracting. Yeah. Um, so it did like two or three wounds to it and then I have four attacks with Hatred. So fours with re-rolls. It's like three hits, strength seven, two, wo- <laughs> two wounds, and then rolling D3s and I rolled enough and it killed it. Yeah, just gobble, gobble. Nom, nom, nom. <laughs> Kirsty got fed. <laughs> And and obviously when you lose the Feldrak ancestor on turn three and yeah it, you just it was a it was a hard uh, hard game for for Tony to come back from and in the last turn I put my assassin out to try and uh, pew pew his uh, sorcerer off and I because I get multiple wounds too on the shooting as well against characters so I like I shot at him I got three shots I rolled three ones <laughs> it's like fuck <laughs> and then in the last turn I did it again I rolled. Two ones and a two. I hit him once. Didn't wound. I was like, ah, come on. (laughs) It was kind of a long shot, but he just massively failed. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, I ended up winning 17. Nice. So, game two. Who did you play against? Both catapulted up to the top tables. I was playing (laughs) table four against a guy called Frederick Brown. Uh, So he was playing uh, Highborn Elves. Uh, and this so, the, so then my second game I was like oh, oh what do I not want to play right now well I don't want to play Hibernals so, okay <laughs> Hibernals <Fuck>. great <laughs> so 
But then again, like he had a list, which then when I actually looked at it, I'm like, this is actually not that bad. So it was, uh, of course, the you know obligatory one plus uh, twenty queens guard with the queens guard hero within them, with like the special bow and uh, quick to fire stuff. Uh, then he had like a Griffin Lord uh, with the Nova Flare, uh, a f- two Frost Phoenixes, I think. Yeah, even. correct. Two uh, and like two free Brawl Fours and you know some stuff that nobody cares about. Some Sea Guard, like you know, 12, other things. Twelve Lancers with a rending banner. Yeah, twelve Lancers. They were terrible. Yeah, and, not uh, surprised. <laughs> That's a waste. Yeah. Of, waste of five hundred and twenty-eight points. <laughs> exactly. So we played. We played the. Um, uh, the counter, like uh, in this this type of scenario, was the uh, pick up the uh, spores of war. Yeah, spores of war and uh, yeah. dawn assault. Yeah, exactly. So kind of what happened is that we were kind of shifted, of course, like in one two directions on the table, and uh, essentially the game kind of like went in that I traded my seekers for his monsters. So of course I kind of pushed. Uh, I deployed so that he couldn't shoot me a lot first turn. And then I pushed his uh, pushed my seekers into his face, and he pushed his monsters into my face, and kind of because <laughs> the monsters are all flying, uh, my units of ten dwarves are usually steadfast unless he manages to do six wounds on the first turn, yeah. which is not that likely. So basically, he like charged into my units of ten dwarves, you know, after I shot them for a while, and they held, and then my unit of skirmishing seekers with two super monster clean characters came in the flank, and were like, "Hello there." <laughs> And just like, met <laughs> yeah, I just smashed up a Griffin Lord, overran, smashed up a Phoenix. Oh shit! And, uh, you then, killed a Griffin Lord with the Seekers. Yeah, I think I actually traded the uh, the Griffin Lord essentially for my uh, Seeker Lord for one of the Seeker Lords. Like, um, well, that's, you know, I come that's in. A good trade. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like we stri- strike at the same time, I think, or or something like that. And in the end, he like was left on one hit point after he fought the Seeker character, and then. When he fights the second seeker character or just some seekers, he just you know killed over eventually. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. So that, so that went really well, and then because of like he didn't really have enough scoring to pick up the spoils of war, so I managed to get scenario. Uh, like you know his, his lancers came to pick up the thing, but they just died to handguns. You know? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So so in the end, we lo- we had almost exactly the same amount of victory points uh, at the end of the game, but I took scenario, so I won thirteen seven. Nice. So, you, so I was, was very you, happy with that. Do you think it was a bad matchup in the end? I think that it was a better matchup than than like a, if like if it was more of a pure shooting list, it would have been worse. I wouldn't say it's a good matchup, but like now I think this is a good learning game. So if I was like pairing this, I would probably say that this is like a more of an amber than a red because he he didn't have like that many points in, in just all the shooting. You yeah. Know? So he has a wizard master on alchemy with order of the fiery heart. So. First question, like, where did he play that wizard, and how did he play the wizard, and was the alchemy magic effective against you? Uh, so he had them, like, he had two units of uh, Seaguard, I think, yeah. so he just had it in one of the units of Seaguard, and it wasn't really, like, he tried to, basically what he did is that he tried to get off, like, extra defense on the Phoenix, Frost Phoenixes in the, in the beginning, which did work, like, right at the beginning, it worked pretty well. Like, my shooting just didn't really do a lot to one of the phoenixes. But, you know, in the end, the phoenixes are just not that great of a monster, in my opinion. Yeah, okay. Uh, uh, so, and then, like, you know, after that, after the phoenix was dead, it was just kind of like, oh, he tries to cast some, some missiles that don't really do a lot. 
you know, like it's, it's scary for the busters, but I can mostly dispel them enough for it not to matter. Yeah, I, I don't really like this on Alchemy. I think it's better on Pyro, and it would have done a lot more yeah. against you. Yeah, like if it was a, that exactly, this is one of the things I thought about is that if he had a Pyro Wizard, then this suddenly goes from like amber to red because every turn he's gonna, you kill know, take few, off an additional. Dwarves. Yeah. Yeah, additional six, seven seekers for magic, which is enough to kill them one turn earlier, probably. Yeah, I agree. Cool. And so, good job on the 13. Um, so, as you said, we got catapulted up to the top tables, and I was playing Mr. Tanker Jones with his oh. Ogre gun line. And this was not a good matchup for me. <laughs> no, this is a terrible matchup. This is, uh, frankly, frankly, a terrible matchup, as you say. <laughs> so, quickly run through it's like his the list. Most ridiculous list ever. Yeah. So, Shaman, Thaumaturgy, BSB with uh, Rod of Battle. Uh, he's got 12 bruisers with the Swift Stride, 3 bruisers for scoring, 3 times 6 Bombardiers, so 18 Bombardiers, a Cannon, and 3 Giants. Oh man, 18 Bombardiers. Yeah. This is like... It's such a really, I like. I would love to play this list, but I do not want to paint eighteen bombardiers or any ogres at all for that matter. Okay, yeah. So it was it was a tough matchup, and so he won this roll for sides, and he gave me the side with two impassable terrains to deploy on, uh, which made it really difficult for me to actually compete on the scenario. And because it was spoils of war, like one of the objectives was just impossible for me to get because it was there was a building in front of it, and it was like on the other side of the table and it would, uh, I would have to like run through 18 bombardier shots and a cannon and all the magic to actually get to it so that I was never yeah. going to get that so he, he just put his three bruises opposite that and he just walked onto the objective and all I did to compete I just put my chariot there so if he if he got too close I could try and just charge them and give myself a chance at just forcing yeah. them off the objective but in the end I don't think it would have mattered he could have just put a unit of bombardiers on it at the end so that was a mistake of my part, but it gave him something to think about at least. And it kind of slowed him down a little bit on that side. So maybe it was a good sacrifice for 190 points. I don't know. The chariot ended up just get taking um, Hand of Heaven to the face and just, you know, when he rolls like six strength six and he just dies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, he, yeah. He gives himself the chance to, to be lucky, basically. Yeah, and, and, he, and he did. So, so that was fine. Um... So my strategy was basically, he had all the giants on the right side um, and all the bombardiers in the middle and the cannon on the left and the bruisers kind of next to the giants. So I was like, okay, well, I'll try and get the points for the giants and then run my big unit into the middle. I have like 30-some um, legionaries, run it into the middle, pick up the, the middle spoil and then run away. And I've got 30 bodies, so he's, he's got a lot to kind of take off. And yeah, but it's 30, 30 resilience-free 5 plus save bodies, though. Yeah, so that was basically my game plan. And then I could probably pick up the other counter with the Obsidian Guard and either run away with it or just stand there and like maybe charge him late game. That was basically my plan, at least like try and draw the objective. Um, and... If I can take it, then take it, and then run away into the corner and get a small win. That was That's the best case scenario. It didn't quite happen like that, unfortunately. I picked off the Giants eventually. Um, I think he maybe had one left at the end of the game. Um, but I was... At one point in the game, he had three Comets on the table. 
And wow. my shooting managed yeah, to just basically kill the giants. Um, the big unit of legionaries did pick up the objective in my second turn or third turn and promptly turned around and started walking away with it. <laughs> and yeah. then the, I think at this point there was about seven left. And they were like, yeah, so they, they can't march or anything. Yeah, they can't march, and they were walking through like a field of three comets, so it wasn't very likely they were going to make it, <laughs> but at least they were slowly moving the objective away from him. Um, but he, he, gave me, um, he gave me a charge on the, the bruiser block with the Kraken and what they're called, Legion Auxiliaries. Yeah. Um, and with my BSB and, the, and I could have put my Assassin in there as well. So I was like, well, it's a nine. I'll take it. I mean, even if the Kraken goes in alone, uh, it's not the end of the world. So I took it. I made it. I pulled the Assassin out as well. So I had maybe actually all three characters in there, I think. And so I'm doing a lot of damage. I just needed to do like enough wounds to get him down to less than um, two ranks just to break his steadfast. And the Kraken obviously is doing D3 wounds. So I actually broke them, ran them down. I needed an 11 to run overrun into, the, into one of the Bombardier units with the Kraken. Which would have probably given me a win. Yeah, like changes the game completely. Yeah, and I, I didn't make it. Um, so I went for it on both both the units. Didn't make it. So then they were just kind of sat there in the middle, <laughs> and yeah, getting ready to get shot. Getting ready to get shot. Um, I think a comet came down. It killed my. Uh, it killed like two guys in the back rank of the, of the legionaries, and that put them out of BSB range because it killed like that one model. Oh no, so like the footprint changed. Yeah, so the footprint changed and I failed my fucking panic test and they fled off the table. And then the, obje oh. the objective was just there then. And so then we kind of just traded off everything else and it ended up being um, a 13-7 to him. And I'm pretty happy with that result because I just had to wade through all the comets in the world and, and there was a few times where he was rolling like three dice for a comet and I was rolling five and I just couldn't dispel it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, like the, 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 I would say the thirteen is or a seven rather out of that matchup is pretty pretty good. Yeah, yeah I was overall. I was very happy with that, and I was quite close. I was one discipline test away from getting um, getting the scenario, so it could have gone the other way. And yeah. yeah, it was it was a close game. It was a good game, um, but pff, that list, oh my god, yeah, <laughs> so much shooting. horrific. Yeah. So how about your yeah, game three? Uh, yeah. So. Now I'm firmly on two wins. I'm uh, up on table three, uh, so advanced one. And I thought, okay, I played Highborn Elves and I played Sarn Ancients. So what do I want to play? Like, I played what I don't want to play. So surely I, I should get to play what I actually want to play now. <laughs> uh, there's like 45 million warrior lists at this event. And I'm like, please just like let me have a, a tasty warrior list to like put my seekers into, just take it off, you know? So obviously my prayers were answered and I played warriors. But. There was one warrior, one warrior list I didn't want to play, and uh, that was Craig Johnson, the master, <laughs> because uh, that's who I ended up playing. Uh, so um, this, he won the event as well, and uh, he he had like just the, the nastiest warrior list I, I have ever seen. I think it's a double Exalted Herald, double Feldrak Elder, uh, two giants, three units of Lost Warriors in core, uh, like Barb, uh, all the cancer. cowboy character. <laughs> Horribly. Yeah, it's just, it's just fuck. It's just hor it's horrific. Like everything moves super fast. It's super mobile. 
It's very, you know, he could choose whatever he wants, like, or needs, rather, on like, his Exalted Heralds. He's also got a Cowboy with Shield Breaker for if you need to. Yeah, yeah exactly. That, that was actually really good uh, against me. So we played uh, Hold the Center, uh, and uh, uh, which deployment was it? Um, yeah, it's the... Um, In circle? What was it called? Uh, the one uh, the one where you push each other back. Uh, Counter-Thrust. Uh, Counter-Thrust, yeah, exactly. So... Basically, I kind of deployed to towards a corner, like I didn't corner really hard, and I think that was my mistake, uh, because it was hold the center. So I was like, I need to give myself a chance to contest the objective, which was the mistake I did basically. So I think I played pretty well overall, but I made I made like two crucial mistakes. And number one was deployment, which when you play dwarves is like ninety percent of the game basically, and uh, so. I kind of put like a buster and two units are shooting uh, like the handguns close to the like closer to the center so I would be able to go into the objective and then the seekers and then the rest of my shooting toward in the corner and he kind of deployed in a circle on like towards the other side of the table like not so much uh, facing all my shooting uh, but like in the other direction. And I think the issue was that if, if I'd placed my Seekers on the, like, my... I anchored my flank with just the Seekers and then just piled all the shooting as tightly as I could into the corner, I think it would have been much harder for him to, to open me up. Like, he probably would eventually, but he just wouldn't get as many points. Okay. Uh, so, in the end, kind of like, it, you know, we just had lots of chaos on the table uh, because everything's so fast, right? And... Things happen like a, you put like a the cowboy character, or the barb guy, into one of my grudge busters and like held it there, which meant that he could then charge it with something else and this kind of stuff. Uh, I think some highlights were was that like uh, he was of course hiding his exalted heralds from my cannon as much as possible until one turn when he was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for it with uh, with the herald. So he jumps out from the building, right in front of my character, short range, hitting a freeze, hit, wound, no ages. And I'm like, okay, so this is D3 plus 2. So I need to roll like a... 3 plus. Yeah, 3 plus to kill it. And then I rolled a 1. I was uh, like, ah, no. fuck. And no. So you had one wound left. Uh, so that was fun. And then, uh, But then eventually I managed to pick that Herald up with a Copter. So that was fine. And I think that this, the, second, uh, the second mistake I did was that I, I did kind of... I think, and this was, a, I think, a learning point for me is that I, we had lots of combats everywhere. And I saw like a point where I could fly one of my copters to, which was outside of the arc or everything. So I thought, like, this is going to be clever. I'm going to fly it to this point. But I didn't think about the fact that his, like, one of his monsters were fight was fighting something, like a buster. It so, of course, he killed and, it in my yeah. turn. Yeah, and reformed, and now you could see the copter. And the copter in this matchup is, like, super important because that's, like, the way I can get points is by flying around and shooting stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and so and then uh, I guess another uh, like all his scoring, of course, came in the middle, scored in the beginning, and then ran away, <laughs> and nothing ever fought the seekers really. They just like trundled around a bit. Yeah, uh, but he, on he the can, last turn, so fast that he can just avoid them. Yeah, exactly. But on the last turn, I had a double six charge into one of his lust blocks. So I pick up my dice, my two dice. And I'm like, let's let's see, let's see if I can get these lost warriors. And up comes the two sixes. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so, so I did get some points. So you got some points. What was this? What was the end score? Yeah. So in the end, I lost eighteen <laughs> two. Ah, okay. I mean, and I feel, I feel like, uh, but I feel like, uh, like looking back on it, if I played slightly better, I think what I like. Um, I think there's a potential here to go up towards like a, a 40, like a 4, uh, 16 or 15, 5 or something like that. So 
Okay. There's definitely a potential to get some more points. Would you play it differently if you played it again? Yeah, if I played it again, I would really like I would really anchor the flank for the seekers towards the center, and then I would put all the shooting on the other side, and then I would just like stay really tight and not give him anywhere behind me to land. So he like has to really, you know, face the brunt of the shooting at least for one turn, or fight the seekers, which yeah. he's probably not gonna do. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, he's not gonna go into the seekers. So. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, so my game three, I was playing Team Wales, ex-Team Wales, don't know if he's playing Team Wales this year, Chris Bond, uh, with the Undying Dynasties. This was the list with like the three blocks of 30 Necroguard. <laughs> yeah, that's a crazy one. And uh, I quite like this matchup, uh, apart from the, the objective. I also had the first turn, which wasn't ideal. Um, but... So um, that's actually quite smart of him. Like we were trading off, and then he chose to drop for second. And I think that was a really smart decision. I think in hold the ground, it's really good to do that. Um, yeah. So I had the object. I had the advantage in deployment, which I kind of I think I deployed quite well. Um, I had my crossbows opposite the tomb cataphracts, and my plan was okay. I'm just going to pepper them with shots, shoot them with some bolt throwers. If they charge in, I'm going to be steadfast, and then the kraken will charge the flank. Um, because I'm because I have a I'm academy trained. I just need one rank to have two ranks. So as, as long as I yeah. so as long as I kill one before he comes in, then uh, I'm going to be steadfast and discipline ten with a reroll. Um, on the other side, I had like the, a bolt thrower and a chariot kind of, um, and my shadow riders like against his chariots. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to pew pew the chariots off with some shooting and then zone with my chariot because. I'm advanced eight and he's advanced eight and I'm sat on a hill, so I have the advantage there. So I can just wait and when he when he comes up, I can just charge him, and then the necro guard are going to come through the middle, um. But then I have the advantage in combat because I'm faster than him. I have two big blocks and I have the gorgons to kind of deal with it, and then the shard guardian if he's coming through, um, I can just try and snipe him, take a few wounds off, and then like pull out an assassin or something like that at some point and deal with it. Um, so this is pretty much what happened. Uh, I moved up within eighteen inches of the cataphracts. I shot and I shot my fifty shots and did nothing. <laughs> and the ball thrower, I think, did one or two wounds. And then on the magic, I maybe did a, a couple more wounds. I think I killed one of them in the first turn with like an ice and fire. So I'd already got him down to to five guys. So that was fine. Um. I gave him the eleven charge. On on the uh, on the crossbows, of course, but I thought I figured well if he's charging, I get another stand and shoot with fifty shots, and then I have my BSB in there, which is going to do uh, a few wounds, and and then as long as I'm steadfast, the kraken's going to charge in a flank and just mulch them, and this is what happened. He rolled the eleven. <laughs> I wasn't expecting it. I I shot my fifty shots, did nothing again. <laughs> so one hundred shots <laughs> yeah. did zero wounds. And then I failed my discipline. Well, then it was nine from fear. Reroll, rerollable, rerollable test, and um, luckily they didn't catch me. Um, but at this point, Kirsty was That's out. Kirsty was out of arc, so couldn't do a lot about that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a bit rough. I like how he like just sneaks sneaks out all your plan by by some luck, just some dice. Yeah, but it, I mean it happens. I maybe I just shouldn't have given him the charge and just played a bit more coy. But in my in my book, it was the right decision. Um, maybe I could have done better with 
like trying to mitigate the fear or do some kind of discipline thing. But I mean, it's a it's a nine with a reroll. You expect to pass those. Yeah, it's what is it? It's like uh, it's over ninety percent, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. So, but it happens. Um, then he moved the shard guardian really aggressively, um, within range of the gorgons. So I was like, well. The Gorgons are pretty good against him because they're strength five with plus one to wound and AP two, and I get the stare as well. So if yeah. I if I go in there, um, they're all gonna get to strike, and even if they die, I'm gonna do quite a few wounds, and he's already taken one from a snipe. So, and I didn't feel like he had any. Even if they kill them, I don't think he's gonna kill them all because I'm supernal. Um, yeah, but you 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 do have an Aegis save, and he does have the God Slayer, I presume. Yeah. Exactly. So I was like, I wasn't really sure how that's going to go, but I didn't really see, even if you reform, there wasn't really any kind of bad counter charges. So in my turn, I was like, fuck it, charge in. I've already like lost my like BSB unit and the crossbows, assuming they, well, they, I mean, they, they actually rallied in, in, my, in the end, but they're already out of position and the Kraken's not doing anything. So I also yeah. pulled the Kraken over to charge it in the next turn if it didn't do anything. So... Um, that they went in the crossbows rallied. I kind of shuffled shuffled everything else around. At this point, I'd done quite a few wounds on the chariots with shooting, so I felt a bit more comfortable to move my chariot up into and gave him an eleven charge. So basically, forcing him to do something, assuming that he would take the charge, probably fail it, and then I'd counter charge and finish the chariots off. That was basically my plan. Um, in his turn, he took the eleven, made it. It's <laughs> <was> like fuck, <laughs> fuck. He's good at those. Yeah, fuck's sake. Um, so that that basically like completely opened my flank up because he could ch- over and into a bolt thrower, turn the flank and just go down the flank. And it was just, that was like, oh. And then he had the Necroguard coming up. At this point, I was like, so in such a shit place, I'd completely forgotten about the objective. Um, <laughs> the Gorgons, the Gorgons as predicted, actually got killed in one go by the Pharaoh. Um, <laughs> But he yeah, didn't. I mean, like, anything with an Aegis save should probably stay away. Yeah. Uh, uh, I guess. Learn, learn by mistakes. But I did, do a few yeah, more, I did do a few more wounds to it in the process. So I think it was done, like, one or two wounds left. Um, but it, it didn't capitalise on it. He didn't charge anything. I think he just faced Kirsty, and I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not a good matchup. <laughs> so in my turn... Um, in my turn, I... I, don't, I think maybe he maybe he actually turned to face Kirsty with the cataphracts at this point, and I was also like, "That's fine." I think I charged in the cataphracts with Kirsty. I killed them all in a round because there wasn't that many left at this point, because the crossbows had done quite a few wounds in combat, and I had another bolt thrower shooting at them as well. And then I overran into the Shard Guardian, which was great. <laughs> um, yeah, that doesn't sound too bad. So I'm I'm picking up points, but I'm just getting like the scenario is just like pushing me back, and I I can't at this point I can't really commit into the one of the necrocard units because I don't know if I can yeah, kill them all so in the turn. Many. Yeah, um, it's like thirty rest four hit points. Yeah, so I was a bit hesitant, and I needed a bit more support before I could do it. So I kind of shuffle back in the middle, and my fast cav were like going around the back and hunting his wizard bunker. And in his turn, he tried to shoot them off, but there was like one or two guys left, I think. Uh, maybe two guys left. So in my turn, I charged them into the wizard bunker, like, I'm going to go kill the Hierophant. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> um, but the Hierophant was the, was the wizard's 
Adams. So I was like, well, if I kill the Hierophant, everything's going to crumble, right? That's not how it works, Henry. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's not how it works. <laughs> so I killed the Hierophant over two rounds of combat. Everything crumbled, but nothing. No, nothing took any wounds. <laughs> yeah. Fuck's sake. Should have just killed the Wizard Master. Never mind. Um, and they obviously got killed eventually. Uh, but it was it was a good trade uh, anyway, uh, points-wise. Um, obviously, Kirsty finished off the Shard Guardian in a short space of time. We kind of shuffled around. Um, I blocked his chariots with my spears, and they didn't have that many guys left at this point. Um, but, so he was a bit hesitant to charge in. And I think in my last turn, or in one of the last turns, I charged the Obsidian Guard into one of the Necro Guard and... I think the spears and the obsidian guard together like crumbled them in one round and then in the last turn he just kind of pulled everything back so that was sort of it so i took quite a lot of points but he also got a lot of points from me and he obviously got the objective i think he got an 11 out of me yeah he got 11 well, because I, because i'd killed quite a lot yeah you, yeah you, i guess you killed a general who's also on like a big mount and stuff yeah i killed well one of the blocks i killed the cataphracts i killed all the scouts yeah. and i killed a hierophant yeah so i mean that's that's like considering your the way you tell the story i feel like that's still a, a pretty okay yeah i think score. how the how the when i when i fled with my crossbows i was like fuck i'm gonna get my ass kicked here so i i'm quite happy again yeah. with how that game went after the fact um, yeah, but like in the moment, yeah. it's a different thing. And I, and I think I think the chariot was a mistake. I shouldn't have given him the charge. That was, a, or I should have just fled, because the the downside of getting that chariot unit in my flank was really bad. Yeah, so that, that was that was a mistake that I could have I could have rectified. But I I think I'd do the same play again with the crossbows and just take yeah, the, take that, the, that sounds like it was the right choice. Yeah, to I, I think so as well. So I think we'll take a quick break. Uh, we'll come back and we will probably put in next the interviews that we did and then come back afterwards and go through our last game. So welcome, welcome back, or welcome to. Don't know, don't know how this is going to fit into some sort of episode. Amazon podcast, maybe episode something. We've got, we've got Peter G. Hyper G's here. We've got Fantasy War Gaming podcast. Yep, Paul. Hello. Like, did it even exist anymore? Yeah. Sure. yeah hello. Hi, Aitas. We've got Casimir the Swede. We've got Thundercock podcast. Hello. We've got Paired Weapons podcast duo. Hello. Hey and guys. Lucky up and Lucky well. Six has just hello. arrived as well. We're at TEC, just post game three. I think we're all having probably blues because we're probably old and pretty shit. Well, you just need a drink. I, I, don't, I don't know, dude. Like, I'm, I'm well, Casimir, well. smash your yeah. face. So, so well, we don't quick, like him. Quick, so. quick roundup. How many points are we all on? Twenty-eight. Thirty. 35. Also thirty-five. We're playing. Yes. Whoa. Oh, that's an easy twenty. Thirty. 23? I'm 31. I mean, like, that's pretty okay. Oh, like, so like we're all like, we're all alright. We're all right. Tony's just disappeared. 19! Yeah. <laughs> 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 Sorry, Tony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
almost stand in the corner. <laughs> so without without like going into everyone's games and what happened, like what's the overall feeling of tech so far? Uh, dwarves are pretty shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, dwarves are P.O.P. That's what that's, that's <laughs> <laughs> how, how many shit. points do you want? 21. How many okay. points do you want? 25. <laughs> I, I, I guess from, from our point of view, it's just great for so many people playing, you know. It's just it's super to be so many people playing. Yeah. 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 No, it's not. I mean, no. I'm having a visible time on the bottom table. <laughs> 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 it's one of my dickheads. Kev, 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 like, why, why are you doing so badly? Because it's K-Ween, a dog shit. He's not playing Beast He's not neither Mr. Mino, nor Mrs. Mino. Maybe your crutch has just been removed. I can't make armor saves, and that's where it's all going wrong. Okay, well, like, obviously, maybe maybe you're, like, the crying child of the group right now. So let's focus on your problems, Kev. What, what's your list and why is it going wrong? We can help you. Because questing knights can't do shit, it turns out. You know, they just die. Everything just dies. He's in denial, look at him. When people are like, it's all right, it's AP zero. You know, well, I'm going to roll a one in I. You know, you do roll a one and they die. So, uh, yeah. You just have to, like, you have to tell yourself you won't roll that one. And, like, it's a Believe. Believe. No. What we gotta do is name things. Like my forsaken one. Cursed Kirsty. Yeah, Kirsty. Okay, in this <laughs> tournament, so far, Kirsty against Tony game one. One shot Feldrack Ancestor. <laughs> game two, it killed it it contributed to killing the what they call bruisers. The guys with great weapons, Bru ogres. Yeah, yeah. Bruiser bunker. Yeah. Killed that, like broke the steadfast, ran it down. Then charged a bombardier block, killed it, it fled off a table, reformed, charged another one, killed it, ran it down. <laughs> game three, last game, Kirsty killed the Shah Guardian, general, <laughs> that is like 900 points. Yeah, it's like nom, halving nom. multi wounds and everything. Like, yeah. That's, yeah. That's pretty impressive. I, I think the real crime here today, though, is what you've been wearing, Henry. <laughs> <laughs> Well, like, what, what can I say? What can yeah, I say? For those of you who haven't been here today, Henry's been wearing a rowing singlet, which is essentially looking like he's been sprayed green, twixt knee and elbow. I, I got one comment from Tanker. I can see your helmet. <laughs> I feel like most, I would say a majority of people at this event could name a number for your size, Henry, right? If you want it in inches, we could get, I mean, look, right? we like, get it. I'm not going to lie, it's quite cold in here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the is come out. It's, it's so cold, the customer's not elected to yeah. get his out. Yeah. <laughs> Just, like just for the record, it's quite cold. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my best showing. <laughs> that's, all, that's on the record. It's recorded now. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's recorded for the for yeah. the posterity in the world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing the Freddie Mercury impersonation instead. Yeah, the, mus like, the mustache, yeah. the mustache works. Yeah. So he's in Scotland now, though. You got, can't wear that anymore. Yeah, but you guys didn't give me a signal. Oh, we need get, to get, get, him, get him one. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm the only one. I'm going to be the coach. Yeah, we've seen. You don't need a singlet. <laughs> <laughs> so who's top of the pile then? Who's top of the podcast? 
Cast. No, Paul. Are you guys playing each other next round? I don't know yet. We'll see what happens again. How many points you want? 35. How many points? 35 as well. Ah, okay. So how do you guys, if hypothetically... Yeah. He's playing dwarves. Yeah, I think it's a good matchup. I hate match dwarves. Up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a good matchup for me, I think. Because, like, yeah. he, he only has two fellow casters, right? Like, as the mobile, like, killy pieces. That's the only scary thing you miss. I don't even know what's in your list. Slot of shooting, Dwarf. seekers. Yeah. So, how, how do you live with yourself? I, I never, how I never, do you do it? I mean, at least Jack's having a shit is, tournament and he deserves it. It is so <laughs> enjoyable. Like, it's so much fun. So, like, so, yeah, Jack, you were saying on the previous podcast that you were going to 20 every game. Yeah. And how's, it got, how's that gone for you? Has nobody engaged you? It hasn't happened. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a board and what else. Have you got any yeah, 20s? <laughs> no. I, I've been playing what else. And in my second game, I rolled shit. And, you know, I managed to squeak a 13 by dicing someone. <laughs> <laughs> and then my last round, I was over game round two because... Yeah, I thought Ed's list is cancer. Like, I, I failed to dispel, like, six spells in a row. Like, two Wrath of Gods, two random moves, and two can't shoot. Like, an effigy. So, like, by end of turn two, it's like, okay, so I've got everything in my armies in combat or can't shoot or random move so I, I, I can't play the game I can't control any of my units I can't play the game so, so Kev, Kev's just brought up the leaderboard so who's on the top of the leaderboard right now after game after Amit's on it's still going isn't Amit's on the top Amit with Dread Elves 57 Amit. points Ryan with KOE KOE so, so KOE apparently is yeah, apparently very good yeah what do I know yeah, Craig all nice where it's at. Craig is 50 points at third place. Tanker, 49 points, who I played game two. Jack Austin, 47 points, playing vampires. John's doing well. John Turner with the High Elves. Ed, Ed Murdoch, Demon Legions, 41 points. Oh, Ed's doing all right. David Blackmore, 40 points with... <laughs> Empire. Empire. Empire? Yeah, Empire. They're shit, apparently. Luke, yeah, well, Luke yeah. Williams with UD. Uh, <laughs> Sean on the points, VS. And Sean on the VS at Sean. number 10. Wow. I can get Sean over here to excuse yeah, himself. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> That's not. Told lies about the Vermin Swarm. Yeah, and like, Kieran is not. Is lower than Sean. I think he got pumped by Core. No, I don't think. Aren't they still yeah. playing? Um, oh, Paul, oh, may, yeah, maybe they're still playing. He's still got a game. Still, 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 still yeah, playing. still two people playing. It's a typical Danish game. Like, you just. Yeah, four and, four and a half hours. Yeah. <laughs> but like, to be honest, oh, we're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. I was in the bathroom peeing, and then Core came in, got his dick out, and he said, "I'm playing. I'm playing Kieran, and I'm gonna fucking grind him out." Like, that's, so that's probably what's happening. Did he do that? <laughs> they're oh, still going. Yeah. I think when Tony and I were over there a minute ago, it was turn three, and time ran out oh. about twenty minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what, like, what if it's there? If it's on this time? Well, the venue closes at eleven, so they might have to hurry it up. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, like, you see. But this happens in Denmark like regularly. Like they fucking play it to one in the evening. Like we, you have play these venues that don't close, and you just like just play forever. Yeah, I must say, I thought three-hour rounds were too long. Well, I mean, we like a normal size in Denmark is three and a half. Yeah, to me, to me, I think the thing is that you play as long as you have the time for. If you had two and a half, you would play faster. So like, I, I don't like three hours. How long are the rounds here? Three hours. 
Oxford. Like I would prefer them to be shorter because I would like it to finish at six, not at what half past seven or whatever the yeah, fuck it is. So more time to I drink less when it's short rounds. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we'll yeah be, but to we'll me, like, but then you have more time to like fucking hang about, right? Like, Make a podcast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, like now it's yeah, yeah. if you're losing, it's it's over quicker. If you're winning, you don't celebrate. Yeah, exactly. You just dragging things out. I'm taking pictures during all my battles. You guys are doing my battle reports, right? Exactly. Yeah. So taking pictures for the whole six rounds adds a good 10-15 minutes to the <laughs> have you both made it to turn six every yeah, yeah, every yeah, game that's yeah. good bottom of six yeah I, so. I had 40 minutes in the first one <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't, I clearly ain't got enough pictures <laughs> I had two and a half hours in my game three <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. right, so predictions who's going to win it then come on let's call it let's, let's call it now I'm going to have a good, I'm gonna have a good day too I reckon what, the overall tournament? Oh, Tony's <laughs> Tony saying, yeah, I'm going to win. Yeah, yeah. 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 he's going to say that. So we've got, we've got, Am- got Amit in first, Ryan in second, Craig in, in third, uh, Adam uh, I think, uh, I reckon Amit, Amit will win the next game. Yep. And then he's going to play against Warriors, which would be Craig, in in top table, round five. And I reckon I reckon that's a good, good matchup for Amit. Who's it between and five and ten? Who's like a dark horse? Come on. Sean Ed Murdoch's in there. Sean would be the darkest of all horses. Miracle. I reckon. I reckon. Honestly, I think if Amit is playing, Amit's playing against I think that's a good matchup with the Dread Elves. I'm not sure what the list is, but like just on Pew Pew, it's good matchup for Dread Elves. And then assuming Craig wins, good like big in the next round then he's going to be Craig against Amit in game 5 table 1 and I think that's a good matchup for Amit so I reckon Amit maybe will walk away with this I mean he's Dread Elves considering he's come out of retirement for this tournament yeah yeah, it's impressive he's done done a good job Dread Elves OP here we go yeah exactly Henry it's time to nerf him you're on the team right I have no we've just done the update and it's going to be released in like 2-3 weeks okay is it a nerf Surfer is a buff. Can't be three nice. It's a mix. It's a mix. But like I don't. We we have no like right now. The rules team are doing the points, so we can only we're doing like it's the rules, the changes to the tweaks to the rules, and they're they're doing points. So it's the points that will make the balance. That's why I don't know. But if there's any justice, Sean goes on an absolute screamer tomorrow and takes it out. Yeah. Or Jack. Or Jack with a triple banshee. Amit in the last round. Yeah, Jack, Jack, Jack or Sean, that would be fucking amazing. Yeah, Jack, Jack gets Amit in the last round, maybe, and just screams, screams Amit off with the three banshees. Could happen. Could happen. But mate, like, how many points you on now, Paul? Thirty-five. I mean, I need a good matchup. I've had. And we're gonna, we're gonna fight, and that's a terrible match. If you're playing Casimir, you're not gonna. I just played against three Krakens and a man to call Okay, so how did that go? 12-8 against. But I could have won it, but just the magic just didn't turn up. And just the dice didn't turn up. But the, but the Krakens yeah. against your list is so good. Horrid. So good. Yeah, Utterly horrid. But as I said, he did bank on Ted. Ted just raped him. How many, how many Krakens He's got into combat? Uh, well, uh, Ted took one out, but died in response. But he did kill the crossbowman at the same time. So that was fine. He was up. 
Uh, one cross, one one other Kraken uh, managed to survive on two wounds, and the other Kraken, due to a little bit of a faux pas, also survived on two wounds. So, okay. They almost. So you, so you, they you, got, you got points for one Kraken? Yeah, I got points for one Kraken, all his spearmen and everything. But it was just, it was, it was things like the wretched ones managed to wreck his spearmen. Yeah. 21 in a round. And then I just had two chariots ready to go, and then six impacted. <laughs> managed to break the spearman but didn't catch him so I didn't get the BSB so I got the points for the block and I got half points for the BSB but I didn't get the BSB or the bonus or the BSB bonus so that would have taken it back to a 10 okay so it's actually quite a close game yeah it should have been but it was you actually lost 12 eight. Yeah. but still <laughs> I mean, game, I mean, five points is close I was hoping to take 12 out of that one yeah, when I looked at it, I thought, oh, shit, how do you avoid the 20? So that's how I've been playing it. So yeah, just play to strength through. Yeah, I did that with ID this morning. Well, hang on, though. But with the ID, we, we all said to you, do not put your general in these things with metal shifting. So what did you do? No, I did it. I just saved and fire. Not my fault, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my general, he's called Killy Killison. He hasn't survived yet. He died to flaming attacks because I forgot he had a basalt infusion. Died to a one shot catapult. And then died to fucking Raven's Wing. The last one. One up, five up. Don't you have? What, what, what's your general? Uh, my general's Necromancer, so. so I, I How did he die to a Raven's Wing? No, no. Um, the, so my. Vampire Lord is like just a vampire lord. It's just a vampire lord. It's not a necromancer is the general. Yeah, but aren't we, aren't we talking about the vampire lord who's Kenny McKill face? Yeah, that's yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah. Not, not your actual general. Yeah, he's, the, not, he's uh, not technically the general. So, so, so Tom, the question uh, is, yes. why, why are you playing not playing vampire elves and you're playing vampire cats? Oh, uh, uh, mix it up, isn't it? Picks it up. Yeah, yeah. Tries different things, new people, new, new armies and stuff. Because I'm, I'm, su I'm super into watching your battle reports and hybrid elves. Because yeah. I'm like a hybrid elf player, so for me it's like quite interesting oh, yeah. to see yeah, yeah. what goes on. Now you suddenly switched to vampire counts. Well, yeah, that warriors. Beast. Yeah, trying to do it. But high elves is like high elves is like a good matchup for warriors. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, oh, you just fancy, fancy some fancy, pieces? Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I've, used, I've got loads of models I've never played in tournaments. Did you do a Twitter poll yeah. for it? I did a Twitter. <laughs> that's another reason why I'm playing it. So everyone's like, oh yeah, VC, VC, VC. I we don't want to hide one else. I was voting for Empire. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, something play new. Empire. Yeah, it's, oh, it's good to play, because then like, you play it, and then you like, if you're up against it with your main army, you work out a bit more. Anyway. But you've obviously got to remember your rules. Yeah, it does help. Hyper G, what, what's your what's your sword nature now? Because of stuff. Oh, it's the Temple Guard project. Temple Guard project. Uh, not a good idea at the best of times. Oh, it's so boring to play. It's like it sits there and does nothing all game. Pretty much, because anything kills them. So, yeah. <laughs> no, it's going alright. They've, they've survived they're half points in two of the rounds and died in the other one. So they're doing alright. Doing all right, so. uh, on's a plus points, so that's the other objective achieved so far. <laughs> yeah, they've, they've killed more points than they've given away, so I'm happy. I'm happy. All right, has, has anyone got like a challenge story or a, a challenge story? Someone died unpredictably. A story. story of uh, some kind of swarm of insects on me and got six hits with a 5d6 hit. Nice. I thought that was pretty impressive. <laughs> Just six. <laughs> six hits and a 5d6. <laughs> 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 
that's like four ones and a two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Still got two sixes though from their fucking sixes. <laughs> I had a flame cannon shoot into the temple guard's flank. So did six six hits on the D6 and five, five, six, six, five on the D3s. That was short max. Short range. Short range. So max flame cannon. How, how many died? Uh, only four because I had the engine. <laughs> 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 one up on exactly. the engine. Once upon a time, there's a wonderful moment when there's a juxtaposition when great minds come together. Now, okay, fine. <laughs> you get, the, you get the, the Hammer Time podcast with my friends Henry and Cass, and uh, you know, one half of the uh, Paired Weapons podcast with Maddie P. But then a gargant of the Ninth Age Sphere hoves into view. The master of shenanigans, the king of movement. He's known not just amongst the Kingdom of England, but amongst the Kingdom of Scotland more particularly as it's got the kingdom. greatest <laughs> exponent of the movement phase that possibly there's ever been. Yes, we're of course talking about your friend, my friend, and Ninth Age exponent, Tim Botneck. Welcome to the podcast, buddy. How are you? I'm great. How, how do I follow up an introduction like that? Like, I... Honestly, Matt, I assumed for, like, posterity that you were, like, writing this down and, like, reading it out. But actually, you yeah, just it's... you fucking just did this <laughs> off, off the cuff. And I was like, yeah. fair play. Just like, like, you peek, around, you peek yeah. behind the curtain and it's like, just as amazing yeah. as you explained. I, I literally just assumed that you'd like, thought about, or every time you do an intro, yeah. you th I just assumed that you'd yeah, like, written it down. Really yeah, I thought I'd write this shit down. Yeah, yeah. but actually, it actually <laughs> just comes <laughs> off the top of your head. No, I don't. No, fair, play. Like, fair play, fair play, fair play. Like, Hands up. It like, makes it like yeah. just a bit more amazing. Yeah. Like, slightly, uh, slightly more impressive. Taking a recording of that for my funeral. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's, how, that's how I'm going to be uh, send down a funeral pyre like, into yeah. the flames at midnight with Matt's soothing tones <laughs> introducing me to the netherworld beyond. <laughs> well, we, we are sat here, uh, the four of us. We've got Henry uh, from the Paired Weapons. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> I know you didn't like me on the podcast, Matt. But... From Habitat. <laughs> Cass, obviously, from uh, Habitat as well. Um, uh, uh, Matty P from um, uh, Paradise, but we are joined by uh, Tim Botnick, uh, 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 aficionado of Ninth Age and also of the National Football League, uh, a supporter <laughs> of uh, the Texans. Scotland, Scotland. Uh, like, yeah. It's bad enough being a Texan fan and that people knowing. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think what's most important in Scotland, ETC, yeah, extraordinary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and consigliere. To the uh, uh, to the, the, the kilt wearers. <laughs> yeah. ETC I am not going to get a shirt big enough for all of these names, <laughs> but I want one. <laughs> yeah, so you know, literally, when uh, when we have our chats about, you know, yeah, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? What do you think about this? Uh, nothing. 
is resolved until Tim has had his say. And um, I think we'd all agree that uh, we are in the presence of one of the great minds of the ninth age sphere. So, <laughs> bravo and welcome. Thank you. Uh, now, I'm not going to lie to you, I'm shit-faced. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that we've all been drinking since, like... Two o'clock, yeah. <laughs> and it's like one, yeah. so we're good. Like, no, it's, you don't need to excuse yourself. <laughs> so the, I guess the only sober one amongst us is, in fact, Tim. So, um, how's uh, how's uh, the tech been going for you so far, buddy? It's been amazing. Yeah. Um, it was much anticipated. Uh, I'm running a slightly tweaked version of a list that I took to a Scottish event to prove a point that you can play in the ninth age with only one phase, which mm-hmm. is movement. Um, occasionally you have to fight a combat. But <laughs> Do you, you have can, magic? You can skip magic, yeah. you can skip shooting, you can take all that no. shit. You have no, like, you have I no like magic. A, I, I mean, no magic. I have two binding scrolls if that counts as a magic phase. I mean, like, I 100% agree with you if you add a shooting phase. Like, I've got a breath weapon. <laughs> it cost me a wound to do it, but that is technically a shooting phase. Mm. <laughs> um, okay, so, so what, what's, wait, what's actually in your list? Okay, so I have... Maxed out on characters and maxed out on monsters allowance. So I have a Feldrak ancestor wielding a great weapon as my general to expand my monsters allowance in the Warriors book. Yeah. I have two Doom Lord characters riding Wasteland Behemoths, um, both with trophy racks, paired weapons, and binding scroll. Doom Lords. Doom Lords. So that gives me three, seven, and eight wound res six characters with three up saves for my character section. <laughs> I then add to this a single block of 30 warriors with halberds and waist and torch in court. Because scoring. Because scoring. Two Chimera that are actually bloodthirster models, which causes all kinds of fun and games for our Wait, opponent. like the, the new bloodthirsters or? Both. So the one from like the year I was born, and then oh, the shit. new plastic one that is five times the size. Yeah, it's just <laughs> like super big, right? But are they flying chimeras? They're, they're not flying chimeras because you can't have flying with the ancestors of general. Uh, yeah, okay, so but have they, you left the like big ass? Because you yeah, you put them on. Them. Yeah. yeah. Um, I haven't actually looked at your army. Like, you should do it tomorrow. Yeah. But it, it just causes a bit of a problem. Like you run a, a bloodthirster model round by their wizard bunker, and even though it is only a chimera, <coughs> you look at the model, it puts the this is god. Yeah, but this is like this is, this is fucking psychological warfare, psychological warfare, where you just like you just model shit like fucking amazing, and it's yeah. just like some shitty ass like, like my my ancient dragon yeah. is fucking massive, <laughs> and people get so scared of it. It's yeah. like yeah, it's just like a dragon with an extra two wounds. So, <laughs> so yeah, so it's I have those. Dragon. They're they're the chaff in the list. Um, and then I have three of the uh, Chaos Giants with the Tribal War Spears, which are the Strength 6 um, D3 wounds against Towering. And then I have two Barb Cav Darts to make sure I have three scoring units in the list. So I end up running around with six gigantic monsters that are just packed full of high-res wound count, most of which has rage. Two Chimera for bunker hunting, redirecting and chaffing two darts that walk up in turn five and claim objectives and a block of warriors that push forward. The scrolls take out the worst of the magic and if I haven't killed your wizard by turn three, what am I doing with my time? <laughs> um, <laughs> so so how, how do you feel actually? Like, What's been the result of having no magic? You struggle with reach. You struggle to control a balanced game because you haven't got a balanced game. Like This is not designed to play five or six turns. I need to be 
putting you under the boot by turn three yeah. and squishing things flat. Like <laughs> the, the, the list is six monsters. All of your infantry is going to get eaten. If you've got monsters of your own, I've got three rage models. So you hit me, I get stronger that do D3 wounds. So the potential spike yeah. is enormous. I've got two behemoths with trophy racks so I can charge into one of your units. Out comes the challenge of the champion. I beat him to death. I add static combat res permanently and beat your unit on static res if you didn't see it coming. If you're undead, you summon the champion back. I beat him to death again in the next turn and I end up ending well, the game so wait, wait, static So, so why, why do you win on static with against a normal unit? So yeah, with trophy rack, if you win the challenge, you gain a permanent plus one combat res. So you have plus one because trophy rack? But, uh, no, no, it, it's not standard on its own. You have to win a challenge. Yeah, so yeah. If, if you charge him into a unit and they don't want so you have charge, all the ranks like to die, three wounds and trophy you get the wound, yeah. the overkill, so the trophy rack. So you get five. Yeah, like and then up three ranks and banner. So you, do, you, so win, you win by, by one. <laughs> apply the fear modifier. Yeah. So even if they're steadfast, they're at minus one. Yeah. Yeah. And then you just go again. And eventually they run out of characters yeah. to slow it down. There's two of those. Yeah. And the ancestor running around at strength nine you know, hunting yeah. any flyers you've got. And it, do, do you have a magic weapon on the Ancestor? No, there's no points. But I, I'm five points short of the it's, maximum. It's like, something like 50 that. points for a great weapon or something like that. It's 10 points for a great weapon. Okay. It's like 40 for the other weapon options and Fuck. double the magic cost if you take any magic weapon, which means you have to drop one of the monsters. Yeah. The list is just designed to have the bodies and the wound count rather than any subtlety with what's there. So I end up finding everyone else's monsters individually better than mine, but I bring six. Yes. So, so the concept here is essentially one of target saturation. Target saturation. Yeah. I'm going to throw so many horrible threats that require a yeah. lot of attention to deal with. Any single one of them doesn't have to charge. Yeah. It can just keep walking around your flank while the mm. others pick up a more advantageous position or get ready to roll a battle line. Yeah. And I'm just hoping that, you know, if I get to to drop and go first and push, you get a turn to deal with all of that before I'm charging things. Yeah. And like, even though you've got terror that can potentially push things out of the way, you know, you don't have to commit hard to any particular fight. You can just dance around and wait, but you're collecting points all the time. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Tim, you're providing this like world-class information here, but... Uh, but for the, the astute listener, um, you will have perhaps noticed that there was a little bit of flooring here. Uh, this was because uh, Henry just spilt a, uh, his drink over my uh, thousand-year-old Persian rug that I brought back from Iraq when I was there. And um, he then sat down and did a fart. <laughs> I literally put that in my backpack and, 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 and withdrew under fire. So wait, 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 what? So, from Basra. Uh, so that uh, you can... Le- what is this? Okay, sorry. Wait, 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 wait. Sorry, we're, we're, not, we're not a level right now. Fart jokes are way funnier than Matt's cool blood story. Yeah, no, I need to hear the story. It's like, wait, oh, like really? you, you went, like, what happened? Wait, 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 yeah. Explain, explain. 
So, uh, yeah, well, uh, yeah, in a previous incarnation, I was uh, in Basra, and um, uh, yeah, we, 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 we went through this. this uh, actually, the, the Americans were busy looting the fucker, so I thought, why don't uh, no I? You were like, a, <laughs> you were in the military, basically. Yeah, yeah, so I was obviously in the British Army in 2003, and we were like, you know, sort of yeah, grabbing stuff. And what have you? And, Casually. Uh, so that's the rug I grabbed out of a, uh, a museum. And um, uh, that's uh, what you just did a big fart on. <laughs> so it's like, like, okay, so Matt like disrespected the culture by like looting the rug, but also it's kind of worse farting on it. Uh, well, you know, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm not gonna. Not only did, we, did the British steal it, it's very typical of the British to remove these things. But the most the important thing here is actually like this culture is <laughs> telling us all about the shin- <laughs> <laughs> the importance of the movement phase uh, when of course you are mo- running multiple multiple monsters because I think we've all at one stage have we not thought about you know do you know what fuck magic I'm just gonna fucking give them the bombs rush. Yeah. But I mean I mean you're doing well enough that you've got like what thirty five points after three games? Thirty five points in three games playing into a mixed balance list to begin with, which was fine. I dominated that game, picked up points, put the foot down. It, the list did what it did. I'll talk about the second game in a minute because that's the, the closest one. And the third game, I ended up playing Monster Hunter Dread Elves, where their stuff is built to take out monsters and their rules you know, help against built-in you know, points and, and stats that I bring. But my second game, you talk about Master of the Movement phase, arguably against the best ever in the movement phase with, with Craig Johnson's list yeah. that is a yeah. very similar design to yeah. what I'm taking but with magic and the t- tactical toolkit that is the Exalted mm. Heralds yeah, he, that so, gives him the advantage in that head-to-head because he has magic and not just any magic the spells he has access to cripple so the list that I like take. basically the list he has is two Exalted Heralds two Ancestors Two giants, three lost. Two elders. Yeah, two elders. Yeah, yeah, uh, sorry. I always get her wrong for some reason. And then, like, three lost warriors in core and a barb hero. That's about it. To be fair, you're working in a third language. (laughs) How are we going to go? Yeah, exactly. I can use this idea. So, Tim, Tim, would you you say that the, like, let's say, like, the Craig Johnson list, is that more of an efficient list than your list? Or do you actually stand by your no magic version of that list? It's certainly more flexible. It's certainly more versatile. Obviously, I mean, it 15-5 me. I think I might have been able to hold it closer, but I got to the point where I had to take the risks first and the list style and, and the saturation works when your opponent's taking all the risks and you're just counter-punching. You know, I don't want to charge monsters into him, hit his giants, give them rage, they hit back with extra attacks that do D3 wounds against the monsters I've just hit them with. Yeah. He doesn't want to do the same vice versa. But if he can grave call something off with rerolls to wound and re- completely remove a monster from the game, beneficial. Yeah. My list is built to be imposing. It's If somebody doesn't know how to deal with it, they don't have time to work it out. You need to know in your deployment in turn one or else it can be too late. With his list, that might happen in turn two or three. But he has the magic that buys the time and gives the versatility that I don't have. I'm, I'm all in on one game plan. Can I prove a point? Can you play full rush, binding scroll for defense, 
set it up so that you're killing the wizards in turn three, so it doesn't matter. It can be done. It doesn't work in every game, but <coughs> there's still bad matchups for it. But generally speaking, if you've got an inexperienced player, that kind of list, if you know how to pilot it, is, is punishing. And against an experienced player, they just can't make any mistakes. Like, if you spike at all, you roll about a line and it's too late. Yeah. So, the monster's so, wreck face. As an aficionado of the National Football League and a supporter <laughs> of the... Uh, uh, the the uh, uh, Texans. The proud supporter of the Texans. <laughs> yeah, <possibly>. <laughs> <laughs> I want to find the other one. one. Uh, would you? Would you? Would you characterise your list as a uh, a uh, uh, a full blitz? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. we're we we're, we're talking uh, a heavy how, set. House 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 blitz. House blitz. Cover one. Yeah. Oh no. Maybe even cover zero. This, this this is this is full. Go- this is goal line. Like, yeah. We're we're coming at you. Yeah. Hopefully you don't have a way of getting around yeah. it. We're just going to jam every channel and, yeah. and, make, and, and make you panic. The, the list is of it. I mean, I, in the, the first game I got 4,600 VPs. Evening is Craig. Like, I think I picked up 2,500 VPs. And in the last game I just played, again, close to 4,500. So 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 fight for every point. If, if, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but if I might press you on this sure. issue, if we are jamming all options is what you are doing is forcing people to make mistakes upon which you will capitalize or are you looking to exploit opportunities that you have created both okay so my my play style generally would be to swarm the board with options none of which particularly strong but with Mm. so many options I have all the flexibility. Let my opponent take a risk or let my opponent take the first action and then counter punch or throw, throw a spanner in the works, do something they're not expecting. The master of shenanigans comes for a reason. <laughs> Just because something is ideal and everyone else in the world would do it doesn't mean that's what I was going to do. Um, sometimes that's just to do something different and put my opponent in, oh, what the fuck is this guy doing? And sometimes that's just because I missed it. But, you know, there, there's no perfect way of playing, but it, I would like to be in the game turn four, turn five, turn six with options to still play. Um, you know, you, just, you can't afford to put your head down and, and just give, oh, I, I can't finish this, or I can't do anything in this game. If you're yeah, playing nah, the game, no you've got a model on the table, that model can still playing. interact. You've got so, to so, so, okay, so having, like, no magic, I think actually something interesting is, like, I think we're a little bit, like, clouded with how we see mm. no magic. Yeah. Because if you, like, compare, like, your list to, like, any, probably any of our lists, do you have binding scrolls? Uh, no. Do you have binding scroll? I have a uh, denials. Denial. Yeah. yeah so you're you're you're, dwar- you're dwarves. But we don't care about that. <laughs> like, I I don't have binding scroll. So like you and I, mm. compared to Tim, like we have less magic defense than Tim. Yeah. Yeah. Because, so if, if when you're playing in eighth edition, you get like what plus two if you have a master to your dispel roll or something like that. Yeah. Is that, I can't remember. That's something. Yeah, that's something, probably the rule, right? Like so. In your mind, I think you, ha- you say, okay, like, if you have a wizard master, like, you have a better magic defense than no wizard master. Sure. Just, like, that's kind of, if you've been playing in the edition, that's, like, maybe your opinion. Sure. But, like, in Ninth Age, like, if you have a wizard, if you have no wizard, it's exactly the same. Yeah. Because you get no bonus to dispel, you get nothing. So, actually, Tim's magic defense is actually better than ours because yeah. he has two binding scrolls. Yeah. But, it, but it has to be. Yeah. yeah, and the the reason why is that magic is exceptionally good, and not having magic, 
I'm, I'm looking to stat check my way to winning, and the stat checks I'm yeah. bringing is high res, lots of wounds, thunder stomping yeah. things. I'm, I'm bringing bulk. The binding scrolls required, because if I'm playing against somebody and they've brought a master and an adept, they've got six spells. Three of those spells are going to be hexes and buffs that win combats. If you're going to get a good phase, and I don't know what magic phases you're going to get, I need to take away the best of those buffs. Yeah. I then need to fight you for both of the other castings in order for you not to have a buff up so that I can go in and stat check you with better stats. Yeah. Because if you get one buff up, the reason I've got target saturation, as Matt pointed out, is I don't want to charge the unit you just buffed. I'll charge the units around it. You can buff it again and again and again until I get your wizards gone. But if you buff two things and I'm sat across the table from you and I can't go in anymore because my stats match your stats and you've got a buff, I don't have the shooting. I don't have the magic. There is no plan B with the list. I can't stand off you and let your cannon shoot again. I've got to be doing something. So the scrolls are there to help get the jump. I don't always use it in turn one. Do you, Sometimes do you, they don't have do a spell. Do you think it works? We'll see at the end of tomorrow. The <laughs> Scottish event I did six weeks ago, I think I finished fourth in that tournament. Um, had I been able to finish and play turn five and turn six against the Sylvan Elf list, where I had <laughs> yes. pushed them into oh. the corner, had minimum charges that didn't need to roll down, so I was in on base movement, I was about to pick up four or five tournament points, and I had two full turns to do it in. I don't have magic, I don't have shooting, I deploy in 30 right. seconds. So I was not the reason yeah, that game sure. went to time. <laughs> yeah. If yeah. we finish that game, I think I finish second in the event, because I pick up five or six points, and that yeah. puts me where it is. Not saying that that was the toughest field I've ever played against, but you can only play against who's there. And yeah. even in that tournament, I had some horrible matchups with the list I brought. With. I, I played the two lists that had the Res 8 monsters that regen. Like, that, yeah. that was hideous for me. We'll see how tomorrow goes. The list looks like it's built to 20 and to nil. Very rarely have I seen it do a full 20, because for me to get my points, I have to beat up everything I'm fighting. Yeah, like you bleed points, And right? I yeah. have poor defensive skills, yeah. I strike last with a lot of stuff, which means you're fighting me and doing damage so, to me. So by the end of the game, I hemorrhage points. And I'm hemorrhaging 650 plus every per time. big yeah. piece. Yeah. 300 per giant, 900 from my only real core unit. Like if you lose one of those points, you have to be sweeping everything they well, got. What, what yeah. was your what was your second third scoring unit? Uh, two five man darts of Barb Cav. It's probably yeah. worth for for listeners just running through your list. Oh, yeah, I think we did already. We did run it. Essentially, yeah. there's three I was, I'm character strong, monsters. Can remember. Uh, three, three character <laughs> monsters, totally, three totally giants, races, yeah. two yeah. chimeras, two so, darts, and a warrior yeah. block. So, so I think that what's interesting about the idea of no magic in a non-dwarf list is to think about like, so essentially, what do you buy for not magic for not having magic? Like, so so say say you would have had like tried to make a similar list but with magic. You like pay how, what, how three much, fifty, much three three fifty for a source. Yeah, right? like how much extra? That's like another Felder. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like so how much extra keep, you get? Keep the list with that kind of high pressure, high density. Yeah, like monsters. kind of same theme. Like you what would it look like? Two Doom Lord Behemoths out. You put a Wizard on Behemoth in. Sure. Yeah. You can either like upgrade it for March twenty. You need to close back at seven. 775 yeah depending, depending if you want Veil Walker or not right? but then you can kind of you can take Hellfire <laughs> Icon as well and yeah. somewhere in the list but I, I think with I think with magic. Warriors Magic there's a break point there's a break point at which you, you know you can sort of you know you take an, uh, an apprentice on alchemy it's just crap because they're going to stop it 
they're going to stop you one spell. So you go to uh, an apprentice. Uh, okay, so it's going up. Maybe you add the Book of Arcane Magic. Uh, okay, perhaps now you add, you know, something else as a cast. And before you know what, there's there's actually a point at which you break over. And I think that point's about 400 points. I think the, I think the, ma- the master is is all you need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So because so, like most warrior spells, you like are big dice spells, yeah. right? So I find that most of the times when I play warriors, I, my match base is like I have like two spells I want to cast, so four mm-hmm. dice, four dice. It's like which one do you want as well? So if you're going to fuck around with magic, you need to invest four five hundred points in it, minimum, total minimum. Yeah. At which point, of course, your concept, Tim, mm-hmm. is that you say. Okay, 500 point investment gives you minimal gain, and therefore... It, it gives me a combat buff on the one monster or the one giant. Yeah. But I I've can, lost two yeah. more monsters. Mm-hmm. I, can have, I, can I have, can't saturate you. I can have two, two monsters and saturate you. So, so, so what you're saying, basically, is like you lose... Like, if you take a caster on a monster, instead, you would lose one whole monster, basically. Yeah, you, you sacrifice the two monsters in this list for one character, one wizard on a yeah, monster. Exactly. And that okay. wizard can't fight. The character on top hasn't yeah. got combat stats. Yeah, the behemoth yeah. is the weakness in combat. Yeah, He's just a big body running around. Sure. What it does do is it puts the Grave Call and Hellfire and everything yeah, yeah. right up in someone's face. But it's not yeah, enough. Because like after after having played, I played against Craig as well with his two Exalted Heralds, and like while I I got <laughs> I, I got like just watching match trying to stand up. While I got like pummeled by that list, I think that the like compared to your lists, I, I think the. <laughs> Um, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, listener and spambots. I was just trying to struggle. Yeah. <laughs> it was a bit like, a bit like watching a ladybird yeah. on his back trying to get up. Old and drunk. So, so what I was gonna say is that, like. I, I feel like that like with Craigslist it's it's more volatile because like the the Exalted Heralds are they're good but they're so expensive per per hit point. So like so so a good example is like he pushed into me and he landed in front of my like some shooting and I shown my cannon and I'm like, okay, well I hit you on a three, I hit, I wounded you two, I wounded, he fell his, his ages, and I'm like, okay, so I've D three plus two. Yeah. If I roll if I roll above three he dies. I rolled a one. And I'm like, ah, shit. He took three, takes three wounds. He had taken one before. He lives. But, like, it's so volatile. Like, that's it, 800 points. It, it is. Like, the, the difference being the size of the bases that the Heralds are. Like, I think they're 50 by 50. Yeah. The pre-game options on what rules and abilities do I need for this game. Do I want fly? Do I want hard target? Do I need this? What spell rules do I want to take? That toolkit flexibility suits the list he's got to a T. Yeah, definitely. My base size is, you know, 100 by 150. There are some big, chunky things to be moving around the board. It makes a mess. If you're not dominating the space, Yeah. they're a nightmare because everybody can just ping out of arc and you can't turn and cover all your bases because you, you're just too big. You block yourself. So you have to have the initiative. You need to outmaneuver. So when I play Craig, his smaller base sizes just an advantage because he yeah. can get more things in a smaller and even the, the, the core I've got one big block of 30 warriors great he's got three tens of lust warriors I can't pin any of those down yeah, it's fucking and the seven. game ended with like two lust warriors running off with a token 
if I'd have caught them or done those last two wounds, that's the mission, three points back to me, one point back in swing for a 300-point block. That takes my game back to 11-9, which I would take all day long in that matchup. Yeah. Because, yeah, he, he in, in, in the direct head-to-head, his list beats mine because he has the magic flexibility yeah. and the, he has the manoeuvrability. Even though I had more monsters, he had a better combination for that head-to-head. Against other lists... My list will have matchups that will favour more than his, but generally, if I have a good matchup, he'll have it too because we've got very similar designs. I've just gone all out with the no magic policy. You know, my best friend's not coming to this event. He was bringing the double alpha carnosaur list with double binding scrolls. Same principle. We're going to put so many pressured things into your face. You can't deal with all of them. Whichever one you don't deal with, it's going to can open your list. And if it works, there's not a great deal you can do about it because it's too late. And if you stop it, well, I've got a couple of hours before the next game to clear my head. Chill. And it's worth pointing out at this point that Boxy will miss you. Yeah. It would be lovely if Boxy was here, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Everyone well, loves a good Alpha Carnosaur story, the, let alone when there's two. And there's a new Pokemon Alpha Carnosaur single Alpha. Yeah, two Alphas. How did you punk the Alpha Yeah, so like in my first game, I was playing Rory and. He like he put his entire army like he had like a kind of a pushy Sarnatius list and so with an Alpha Carno so he put everything else like on the in one corner or like to one side and the Alpha Carno and a hill on the other side and it was like facing like the like the secure target's uh, objective and I put like some marksmen there to like bait him in towards them and he took it and he like went went towards the marksman and uh, but then I had like some skirmish seekers with like the monster king lord and then he like. Went towards the marksman, and I was like, well, okay, so I put my I moved the Seekers in Skirmish, they kind of maneuverable up, so like I could flee the marksman, then he would be in my arc and charge him, so he didn't charge. He moved up towards the marksman, and I just reformed the marksman in a line so he couldn't get past him. And again, I'm like, well, if you charge me, I'm going to flee, and you're going to get stuck. And he's like, I don't, I don't have anywhere to go. So he charged him, I fled. And then he's like just standing there, and then my seeker charge the back. Yeah, uh, charge the back, dude. Like up the bum. Up the bum. Just like six dice, <laughs> two, two, two plus the hits, one one. Okay, sure. Five dice. Okay, okay, one one. Four wounds. AP ten. That goes to eight wounds. The alpha carno just dies. So. Up, up the bum. Up the bum. That was like an axe up the bum. Yeah, Even definitely. When you kill an alpha carnosaur, the stories are cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. It was a good game. Kirsty the Kraken. Yeah, yeah nobody. Kirsty the Kraken. Nobody drops an alpha without a good story. Yeah. Kirsty the Kraken has fucking done work. <laughs> yeah. She has done work this tournament. Fucking hell. First game. Killed Tony's Feldrake ancestor one turn. That's yeah. Did you just like go up the front? Or? Okay, so I I done I done two wounds in advance. Yeah, it's on shooting. Right? So it was she was on six. Yeah. Then I charged in Kirsty and the Gorgons. The Gorgons did I think one wound with like the stair thing. Yeah. So it, it taken three, so five left. Kirsty goes in, hatred. So you're not hitting on a four. Or? Yeah, four's a reroll. Hit bang, more. Bang. Hit them all, maybe miss one. Yeah. Freeze, three wounds, all the AP, D3 wounds, take it off. <laughs> what's, what's 
strength on the... Uh, seven. <laughs> seven. Seven. Oh, seven. It's so good. Give my opponent my Feldrack Ancestor in my Dreadoff matchup. I charge the Kraken in the flank with my Ancestor, who'd taken two wounds, thinking, oh, I'm going to ruin this, and yeah. the combat no. reses in my favour. No. And he just turned around and just... Yeah. He's like, no, 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 I didn't even get to swing. He's like, here's 800 points. Yeah. Take that in. And <laughs> How many points is it? Feldrick Ancestor. No, 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 no. Kraken. Okay, two, 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 two. Okay, it's not that cheap. Like, it's it's really yeah. good, but it's not that cheap. In game two, yeah, I was playing tanker with the ogres. Yeah, he has like so the shooting ogres. I managed to get it in the corner of the bruiser, like the big fucking yeah. right weapon block. Put my crossbowman in the front. Put the Kraken in the corner. Kraken did like eight wounds. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Obviously, he broke the steadfast, ran it down, failed the overrun on 11, rolled a 10. No. So, didn't get into the, the next, you know, Bombardiers. So, the Bombardiers shot me, one wound left, don't care, charging. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Kill the whole unit after two, two turns, reform, charge next unit, kill the whole unit. <laughs> Kirsty obviously dies, yeah. but I killed two units of bombardiers and well, half a unit well, of like, epic like great weapon, yeah. what the fuck they call it, like bruisers, whatever. Game three, Kirsty <laughs> charges in to the Shah Guardian. Shah Guardian's taking a wound or two from the Gor- like, Gorgon's the, ready. Yeah, the Guardian. I need to do four wounds. Yeah, and half, it, half multiple yeah. wounds. It's like, okay, we've got to do four wounds. So the elves, the two bros, <laughs> fucking one wound. <laughs> got three wounds left. It's like freeze to hit because I got uh, I got what's it called um, no the enemy off. Mm-hmm. So freeze into the fours. Freeze to hit. Reroll. Four hits. Wounds. Three wounds. Well, you only got three wounds left. Don't care about D three. Yeah. Take it off. <laughs> so Kirsty, Kirsty is killed. A Feldrick ancestor. A Shard guardian. Two units of bombardiers. Half a unit of bruisers in three games. Nice. Just, just saying. Just yeah. saying, MVP. That's MVP. Definitely, definitely better. Kirsty, Kirsty's doing the work. Yeah. The rest of your list is getting sacked off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but like, just a kraken. I need to build another kraken. Yeah, like, you, you take the list with three crackers and three bullfrogs. Yeah. That's yeah. It. I, honestly, like the bullfrogs yeah. also doing work. So, 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 Tim, if you were to kind of like characterize the meta at tech at the moment, are we moving into a? Uh, a blocks and bros phase or are we moving to a, a shooty phase because I kind of think we're the meta's kind of sitting a bit of it's mo- a monsters bit. and shooting right now yeah. monsters and shooting mo- monsters and shooting shooting because it keeps everyone at range keeps everyone honest and if you shoot off their monsters you win monsters because if they don't shoot off your monsters you win yeah. and I guess you can always split the meta into areas of the room if you look at the top tables, the lists are a little bit more balanced. They've got yeah. a little bit more of everything. You can do the gimmick lists they? like yeah. mine are just yeah. behind. Like yeah. If I get the right matchup, I can I catch mean, you, up. Yeah, you've got but, two gears. Yeah, yeah, I've got, yeah. yeah, I've got two gears. And then the guys down at the bottom are pushing a little bit more... Bullshit. Less, <laughs> let's, let's say less optimised in mm. what they've gone with. Either they've gone with a gimmick that... So, so diplomatic, Tim. You can just say that the shit list is fine. We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't discriminate this podcast. I'm going to be there. By the time this comes out, I'll have finished like 50 in the drink. Yeah, it's okay. We understand that it's shit list played badly. People are running at Matt. What are you running? Like, if people are running Talking about bottom tables. I'm taking this Warriors list to show Matt on our team how Warriors should be played. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, and then yeah. I can retire, you know, joyfully. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it was really depressing that you just kind of picked up the Warriors and just kicked the fuck out of everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I'm pretty sure I did this like years, three, maybe four years ago. We did a Midlands GT in Scotland, sent two teams, yeah. Team A and Team 1. And uh, I wanted to prove a point then that the Warriors list in our team needed to be no magic. Feldrock Ancestor General, Chosen and Dragon Ogres and uh, all the fast stuff. And I was pushing for everything should be mounted because mounted is abusive. You couldn't control the board. So I picked up Warriors, having not played them, played five games, scored 98 points. <laughs> somebody slow play me not to finish one of the games where the two points were the Coatl Lord that was down oh. to its last wound and I was front, back and side front temple guard yeah. like, it's literally if we have time to roll this combat I get the complete 100 in a team tournament where I was paired for quite happily in our second round Scotland 1 v Scotland A into Fraz's or Slayer combination with the king on the anvil with the wounds of I kill monsters with a monster list mm. 20 Fraz to <laughs> Fuck did you twenty that list? Because I am the master of shenanigans. <laughs> like how? I, like how does even like that? Just I don't. I don't get it. Like I, like if I feel like if you play like the seventy five seekers, you could just like do this and not get twenty. Like I, just, I don't see it. There, there are ways and means that I can't reveal on this podcast. Okay, well, like we'll have to play each other. You'll, you'll show me. Most definitely. Ha- having previously played dwarves and was trying to prove a point there, that yeah. I, I, I had I had to back up my claims. But I did that, and that, that was like four years ago. So this was my second iteration of I don't believe warriors need magic if you run it over the, the other reason as well for anyone who's seen my list um, going back to the GW lore of, of previous editions it's a 30k themed pre-heresy world eaters list which to anyone who means anything is from the old corn gods of they don't believe in magic so that's why the models are what they are it's why the bloodthirsters are chimeras it's why everything has got cornate symbols yeah. on it from a, a previous edition of a game that no longer exists but it, it, it's why this particular list was, was built to do its thing. My, also, my, my Warriors army, I have a Warriors army, and it's also like everything's painted red, everything has school bases, everything uh, is corn. Yeah, <laughs> so, so I, I did heresy yeah. before they killed everyone and stained their armor red with the blood, which became the 40k corn berserkers and, and the world eaters as, they, as they're more well known now. Um, but yeah, after this, we're going to move on to, to a different project, and the list and the style will be completely different again. And uh, so, you know. do you, so, in conclusion, do you think no magic is a viable playstyle, not just for warriors, but in general? I would say it is, but there's a big asterisk on that. Do you, do you need the binding near, scrolls? Yes. It's nowhere near as powerful as having magic. The, the, the possibilities of what you can do with spells is just so good. But if you have the right list design with enough threats and target saturation with speed because most of my list is swift strike the only thing that isn't the chaos warrior block and they will happily be charged by whatever you're going to charge them with um in the right build with the right pilot you can take no magic with double scrolls magic res is all well and good i had a beastman list that i played beast herd list that i played before this where the whole army was magic res and that's <laughs> all well and good till someone casts you know oh, that hound unit's out in the open i'll hit it and then blaze your cyclopses to death and maybe cry but Magic Res is all well and good, but Magic Res doesn't do anything if they buff their own units or drop a yeah. Comet between you. Yeah. Binding Scrolls will take that away, or like in my list, Comet doesn't do a great deal because I'm so good with the movement, you just piss off and move, really yeah. across the board. So some, and Totem Summon doesn't do anything. I haven't got a backline, I haven't got a Wizard Bunker, I haven't got any slow units being left behind. 
So it limits a lot of the spells. So you can, can I take a magic missile? Yeah, I'm res six with a three up save. I'll take away the high strength one. Yeah. I'll take 2d6 strength four or whatever it is you've got of that variant. You know, the Feldrak generally with the unburnt rule is running at the flaming wizard or the flaming source anyway. So that limits a little bit of damage going to him. So with the right combination, the right piloting and knowing when to push hard, when not to, it is possible. Is, is the reason for the two binding scrolls that say like, you're playing someone with magic, and if you have magic, then they're going to put combat buff on their unit. So in counter, you kind of put combat buff on your unit? Or is it more like you're just limiting their magic? So I, I take the scrolls to limit the, the very worst. Like if they've got a spell like Grave Calls and the Warriors book, for example, with yeah. Walker, yeah. 2d6, strength 6, stripping the armor down, re-rolling wounds is a spell I cannot allow them to have off. So you'd finally scroll it. Whatever their next best spell is, I'll throw dice and we'll fight over it. If yeah. they combat buff a unit, guess which unit I'm not charging with all of my mobile threats. Mm-hmm. I'll go around it. But if somebody gets multiple spells off or multiple buffs on block units where I don't want to bounce just off don't any, charge. you can't charge. But if yeah. I'm not charging, I'm weathering a whole new round of shooting and magic from whatever they've got yeah. for free. And if they've got war machines, I can't afford that. So you take the scrolls to help mitigate that. Mitigate yeah. that. Mm. Fair enough. Yeah, it's it's viable. You just you can't just pick it up and go with it. You need to have thought it out, planned it, have a list built to synergize with no magic, and have threats. I've got lots of little threats. I only need one to hit a, hit a wizard bunker. That's all the magic missiles got. You know that that shuts down their magic phase anyway, and you're allocating attacks to that wizard till it is dead. Because once it's dead. There's no more magic from them. I've got no more magic. My list is built without the magic. They've lost a chunk. Yeah. And the bunker that's protecting that wizard is now three points. So you just have to have enough. Like, I couldn't do this list with... Okay, dwarves are a, a poor exception for not needing the magic, but you can run dwarves without magic. You're losing out on quite a bit because dwarf magic is great. Do you, do you, could you fit like crystal ball into your list? I previously had it in my beast list. So I had uh, a binding scroll, magic res everywhere crystal ball i i ended up just but, but do you think you just think magic. the magic the thing you think just ugh, oh i'm drunk <laughs> crystal ball would be nice but I'm, I'm again i'm maxed out on characters but do you so think do you think binding, binding scroll is better than crystal ball for what i'm looking to do yes because the crystal ball helps but it just offsets the fact they've got a master it doesn't help me generate extra dispel dice it doesn't help me in a dice, or sorry, directly helping in a dice off, but the binding scroll removes a spell threat. And if that means they use more dice to push a spell through, guess what? If you roll more dice and you miscast, that's more dangerous for you. It doesn't cost me anything. So you just have to work out on a, pro, on a risk analysis. What can you stop? Do you have to stop and stick to that game plan? And if somebody casts something that would be nice to stop but isn't part of your game plan, let it go. Stick to what you need to do for your list to work. Hmm. Interesting. Well, that was a very intelligent discussion from what I was expecting from tonight.
So we are back for game four of the English Championships. So Casimir, take it away. Who did you play in game four? So I played a guy called Samuel Freestone. What Probably has some nickname. What was he playing? Uh, he was playing Empire. So again, I was like, okay, so I played three matchups that I didn't want to play. Uh, <laughs> surely now I'm going to play something that's going to be good for the list that I wrote, you know, like you know, smash something up with combat, like something has to run at me, I'll shoot it, and the Seeker's just going to kill shit. So uh, I faced 18 writers. 18? 18, 18 writers with uh, with the guns, you know, like the super guns, uh, oh, like the repeater guns, <laughs> whatever they're called. So it, w- it wasn't even like, you know, pistol dudes or something nice. So How many shots do they have each? They have like three shots each, right? Three shots each, yes, at 24 inches range with Vanguard. Of course, no penalties to shoot after you Vanguard. Oh. Yeah, so, so I looked at it and I was like, normally when I play gun lines before, I'm always really stupid and I go like, well, I need my Seekers to do something, so I'm just going to push them at them and hope that they get in, which is usually the wrong decision, right? Because you push them and then you get into short range and all, you know, you get taken off. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, today I'm not going to be dumb. But then he won the deployment which meant that he could choose the side with cover, and I had absolutely no cover on my side. Uh, and I still... So I could have dropped and rushed him, but again, I was like, ah, oh, I don't want to, like, you know, get shot off, so I'm just gonna... I'm, I'm gonna, like, kind of pl- drop conservatively, make sure that he... Uh, like, I, I, I didn't drop, I just put down, you know, some stuff, and he dropped to go first, eventually. And then I was like, okay, well, I know where his writers are now. I know they can vanguard, but that also means that I can make, like, I can't make sure that they can't shoot me because they can vanguard 12 and shoot 24. But I can make sure that I'm outside of short range. Uh, so I, so basically I deployed conservatively and that was like the biggest mistake of the game. Well, not the biggest mistake, but one of the mistakes I made. Okay. Because. But, but isn't that a good idea? Like 24 inches away and then he can't get long range on you or should you just be more aggressive? Well, the thing is that he can vanguard, right? So, so he can always shoot me in the first turn. Can he it's just him that it, shoot? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, well, the vanguard doesn't give you any penalty or anything. No. You just like vanguard, and then he has twenty-four inches. Like he didn't get uh, get he didn't get short range, so he had to have the minus penalty for long range. But the the thing that happened is that he just like vanguarded. You know, like I I deployed just outside at twenty-four. Yeah. So then he he vanguards like two inches and shoots me, and I, I it's nowhere close to my units. Yeah. Yeah, okay. so, and then so you, what you, I didn't you, tell you, you is that he, <laughs> Yeah, like, basically, he had also had two mortars, so it gets worse, and a, a cav bus, and a big unit of crossbows. But basically, the story of the game was where the, well, the mortars, as well as the writers. So basically, on the first turn, he hits with both mortars. Maybe it was like a partial, but mortars don't really care about partials. And, he, you know, he, he shoots like crazy with the... Uh, uh, with the writers, I think he, in the first turn he killed something like twenty seekers in total. <laughs> it was like it was real rough, and I was like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> cool." Uh, and then I like kind of what happened was that uh, he shot off the the big seeker units, and then I tried to take my skirmish seekers and kind of like I started losing them really quickly as well. So I thought, okay, I need to I need to put the characters at least like up against this cab bus and try to like get some points out of it so that's what i did and uh he went into the uh the seekers with the cab bus eventually and essentially i killed like some character i think like the bsb or the general and um 
And but then eventually I had like just one secret character left, and then of course he challenges it with like a locket locket prelate and just uh, kills it. Sneaky, sneaky. This is a bit. Yeah, it's annoying. I mean, like, I knew it was going to happen, but if I'd had, like, uh, you know, one guy left who was a champion, it would have been okay, but, but yeah. Okay, so uh, this, this one didn't go very well for you then. It was breakthrough, Yeah, but, right? but it's, it, there's there's still one more interesting point left. So, okay. so first of all, I and in the end, I had one Seeker left in my big unit in the second <laughs> round of shooting. So I was like, okay, time to bail. So I moved nine inches, and it turns out I was so far back that I was outside of mortar range. Outside of, uh, like, right range, outside of everything. So suddenly he can't get my single shaker. So he went, like, went behind the hill and saved me 300 points. So it was nice. Nice. <laughs> uh, and then eventually, after he killed my seeker bus with his cap bus, he started, like, charging into my lines. So he, like, he, I don't know, he, like, killed something, like, some unit of dwarves and pursued them to try to get into the next unit. And he just ended up in the middle of my army. So I had this, this moment in turn five, I think, or six or something, where... If I had I had a counter charge on the cab bus and I thought okay I have to throw everything on the cab bus and hope to like get some points, so I have Grudge Buster in the side, take it he holds okay cool, I have a unit of ten dudes ten dwarves with shields, charge inside, so far so good. Then I have a second Grudge Buster in the front, so I take that charge as well, and then we do the combat and it turns out like all his characters are in the front but none of them are standing to the flank that I charged. So he doesn't kill like a single dwarf, which means that I have ten dudes. So I like you know I break Breaks his uh, ranks. everything. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I do like I end up doing like some wounds. I kill like four or five knights. The problem was that then I had a Buster with five wounds, who like shards in the front. He of course kills that Buster with his characters because he has like um witch stuff. hunter with yeah. yeah with multiple wounds, and it turns out that I if <laughs> we exactly draw the combat. So if oh, I had not charged if I not. Yeah, if I'd not charged it, I would have won combat by five, broken steadfast, probably he would have run, and then I would have, like, because it was breakthrough, I would have made sure we could have drawn objective, because he didn't have another scoring close to my, uh, like, uh, <laughs> deployment zone. <laughs> I would have killed, like, three characters, uh. the cab bus, everything. Like, I think I would have probably won the game 11-9 after how badly it went in the beginning. So it was just, I was just really annoyed at myself. It was such a bad play. And it, so in the end, I got uh, four points out of that matchup. Ah, shit. <laughs> but yeah, like that was, a, it was again, what was interesting to me was that I thought the matchup was really bad, but in the end, the only reason I lost was because I played badly, not because of the actual list, which I think speaks to the fact that my list design was quite good. Okay. What did you think about the cosmology wizard? It was, uh, it was decent, like it wasn't anything really spectacular i think like this was a, a matchup where the magic did almost nothing he like rolled pretty badly and uh then on like the important turn i have a scroll as yeah. well okay or, like, so the, it didn't, didn't have much of an impact mind. okay no. so my game four i was against a guy called kevin bromley who had a really nicely painted warriors army um it was a, a exalted herald a doom lord on a behemoth Three blocks of barbarians, two blocks of chosen knights, six forsworn, and a battlefront. So, this was quite. A, I thought this was quite a good matchup for me. I had my kraken on the left facing off his chosen knights. I was like, I've done this before. <laughs> this goes well. And the behemoth was there. And the other side of the behemoth was the other chosen knights. I 
think. Yeah, yeah. Chosen Heights Behemoth, Chosen Knights, Wretched Ones. And then on the right side, he had all the Barbarians, but there was like an impassable in the way. So I was using it to like hold my flank and the Barbarians had to kind of basically come at me like one at a time. Um, I got the second turn, but so I... No, I got the first turn, so I vanguarded up. I put my Shadow Riders in like in a conga line in front of his... Chosen knights, his behemoth, and his other chosen knights, blocking all three of them, and then just like moved up, <laughs> moved up the kraken like twelve point one inches behind, just like That's okay, it. kill them, overrun, and I'm just gonna eat something. <laughs> that was basically the plan, and I had the bolt throws like pinging wounds off the chosen knights, pinging wounds off the behemoth. Um, my infantry like moved up to kill the barbarians and like do the breakthrough, and. The wretched ones, I think they were kind of a bit out of position. I didn't think uh, I didn't wasn't too worried about them. But they were kind of opposite the crossbows, and then the crossbows are quite good for them because they get a five up save. I have the character in there who is good doing some wounds. I can bring out the assassin if I need to. So um, and then the chariot was just like zoning the battle shrine basically. So I was like quite happy with that. Um, I made one mistake. I what was that? didn't put my shadow riders within BSB range. And this meant that when they took the terror test and they fled, it yep. opened up my whole army to two units of chosen knights and the behemoth in the flank. And this was <laughs> this was not good, Casimir. This was not good. Yeah, this uh, doesn't sound great, though, does it? Yeah. So he had like all the juicy charges, but he didn't really capitalize on it too badly. Um, he chose he chose to charge the, one of the units of chosen knights into the kraken. I was like, great, take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like that's exactly what, that's what I wanted to do all along. Yeah, exactly. Um, he charged like the the behemoth into something else that was maybe it was the chariot. I think it was it was just something that was insignificant. Like it didn't really matter. Like oh no, it was a bolt throw. He charged it into a bolt throw. I was like, okay, great. I'd rather you charge the bolt throw than the flank of my uh, BSB's re- unit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And uh, like the overrun wasn't really like possible because uh, I'd like positioned the beast breakers in such a way that he couldn't overrun into anything if he chose to charge the bot thrower. And the other unit of chosen knights, it was such tight space that they couldn't really do anything. So that was, I think that went as expected. The Kraken killed a few. Um, I think I won combat. He passed. Um, obviously the bot thrower died. He overran into the beast breakers. Um, on the other side, it was now he he like bumbled it up his wretched ones in front of my crossbows and I was just like shooting them off so yeah. in my turn I was like fuck it I'm gonna charge the wretched ones bring out the assassin charge the wretched ones with them him and them and the BSB because uh, they can't attack the characters because they do grind attacks and I'll charge in yeah. the flank with a chariot that will that should deal with them I'm gonna kill off the I'm gonna like charge one unit with a obsidian guard into a unit of barbarians I'm gonna charge the spears into a unit of barbarians they will delete them and then they're going to overrun and kill the other unit of barbarians, run into the breakthrough objective. At least I'll get the objective, and then I'll just deal with the rest later. Well, that was basically my plan. And that's kind of, how, that's kind of what happened. Um, I think at one point he got a comet down, but it didn't do too much. Um, I think Kirsty actually... I think she killed all of the Chosen Knights, and then in the next turn got charged by the, last, the other unit and died. Um, the Herald was kind it's of like already full on Chosen Knights you can't fit anymore in there yeah. yeah I think the Herald was like running around zapping stuff but um, 
we we played a, we made a mistake because he had the extra inch extra range on the veil walker thing and he used it to snipe my warlock in turn one or turn two but then we realized that after the game you couldn't do it because you can't actually increase the range of the snipe on that path like specifically um it's just the way it's just the way it's worded like it's specifically so you can't increase the range but I was just like, oh, dude, we f- we didn't realize it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, so, whatever. Like, so my warlock got sniped on turn two, which is a bit annoying. Um, yes. But yeah, then the herald, um, I think he took a few wounds. Like I shot him with a bolt thrower and did like three wounds or four wounds or something like that. Nearly killed him. So he was like suddenly hiding behind the hill because the assassin was like lurking. Yeah. Um, so the rest of the game was basically me me finishing off the barbarians, moving into the objective with like two scoring units. The crossbows were kind of in the middle, just getting pelted with stuff. So my BSB like ran out to like reach one of the other units. The assassin was like hunting the herald for the last wound, and and then his last unit of chosen knights were hanging in my deployment zone to contest the objective. But obviously, I had two units; he had one, so I got the objective. And that's pretty much how it ended. Um, the assassin did not manage to kill the herald in the end, but I think I got half points for him. And he, he got killed himself. And the crossbows think they saved their points in the last turn. Um, so it was after the first turn kerfuffle. Um, I think it ended up like a 12-8 or something to me. Let me just okay. check. But it, I was after that mistake, I was like, oh, fuck's sake. I knew I could get the objective. It was a good matchup for me. I didn't need to yeah. make that mistake. Yeah, yeah I, I got 12 points. So he, he got 9-11 and I got the objective. Yeah. So, so that he had like a massive, uh, I think, Archeon model that yeah, was a behemoth. Exactly. Or? Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. But yeah, really, really nice guy, super game, fun, very bloody, very tactical game. Um, but I, yeah, I just pushed for the objective after that mistake, and that's how it ended. Nice. So, game so uh, five. Yeah. So now I'm. Uh, I've, I've, I hit the top and then I got smashed back down again. <laughs> uh, so I'm playing on uh, table 17 and uh, I draw Kevin Stonebacks from uh, another minor celebrity or in the Knifefish community, so another celebrity off, I think. And he was playing KOE. Uh, and he, yeah, exactly. So he didn't manage to finish his beast turns um, for this uh, this tournament, unfortunately. So he had to bring out his like magnificently painted KOE instead for like a last hurrah before the new book. Uh, and it, like that army is is absolutely phenomenal. So we, we both uh, we both got to play against like really nice armies. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was really nice. And he ended up uh, finishing the best painted as well. So I think you guys had like a a three way tie uh, on votes. Yeah, with, me, like, me, Kevin, votes. me, Kevin, Kev. <laughs> yeah, it's like the guy you played against, uh, and uh, I think the, what ha- what happened was basically that because there were two Kevs. Some like two people had just voted for Kevin, so we didn't know who it was, right? So they just had to go up and do a dice off for who was <laughs> the best Kevin, and uh, Stonebanks won in the end, which I think is, is well deserved. Uh, so yeah, so he has like a KOE list with, uh, to be honest, like just a, just a bit just a bunch of shit in it. Like uh, he has a, a questing knight bus, uh, you know, knights forlorn. Uh, I think like two units of crossbows. Correct. And. Uh, yeah, and then like uh, some chaps and oh, yeah. knights. Yeah, it's like the the impacted knights and just, yeah characters and divination magic. 
it doesn't have the green knight for example so like not not too many headaches to think about yeah and this was uh, uh, capture the flags yeah exactly so just easy really easy game you know like no no weird scenario you just kill shit uh, so basically what happened was that i you know we lined up uh i uh, kind of uh, I, like I, I took my secret characters and I was like, oh, I don't really like. I have the the mole and the skirmishers again, and I thought like, can I fight his like big bus? I don't know. Let me just like put them here in a field so he can't get shot off. Like I moved them up like a couple of inches. The thing is that he had his bus like on a hill <laughs> with, with all like, the charge a, range. <laughs> you know, with like a character that gives them an extra dice for charging. So if he, he's really like forty six, taking the highest to highest. Uh, so he's like measuring it out, and he's like, yeah, that's like. 22 inches away i'm like yeah or 21 or whatever it was he's like yeah it's like i need to roll like an 11 or whatever it was and uh, he's, i'm like oh i'm gonna take it I'm like oh okay cool and then he takes it and he rolls his dice and he makes it i'm like oh <laughs> i guess i guess this i guess this is what i did back in the day with <laughs> cosmology <laughs> people for my chariot star so then i thought like oh fuck i like maybe i made like a massive mistake now because he was just so readily took it and you got all the impact hits right no, no, this is the this is the questing night lands ah, with okay. the characters. That's that's better. So, yeah, so he, he charges in and he like you know and we go. It's like some other non-important things happen and then we go to to fight. And I'm like, wait a second, I have a guy here who has AP five, on one of the dragon seekers. So I'm just like, I think I'm gonna challenge, and he's like, ah, oh, yeah, I guess I have to take it because his characters are in base contact with something else. You know that like I'll yeah. just kill them if he refuses. Uh, so we take the challenge. <laughs> like he's, my my guy takes up his axe and he just like smashes this knight to the ground. Is this, kills is this the Duke it's, or the BSB? Uh, I don't remember which one was first, but the other one came <laughs> later. Don't worry. I don't know which one was so, first. <laughs> yeah, and then he like kills some dwarves. Uh, I have like most of the dwarves to be honest. And then the next turn, I'm like, yeah, so uh, I'm gonna challenge. He's like, oh, I guess I have to accept. <laughs> and then I just step up to the next character and just like kill him straight away. <laughs> And, uh, and obviously, yeah, and and obviously he's, turn, he's standing there again for the next turn. Yeah, it's like, then the next turn, I'm like, yeah, so I'm going to challenge. And he's like, well, I guess you, I'm going to have to give you my third character or the champion or whatever. I just kill that as well. <laughs> uh, until like, And I did this until the point where the, like, the only character that was left was like the damsel. Uh, <laughs> so he refused with the damsel and then eventually he killed like, the character with, <laughs> with like normal attacks, I think. Or no, I, I think actually I like had some counter charge or something with Buster and... My character, like, lived in the end, but then got, like, killed by the Knights Forlorn or something. But basically, like, this one Seeker <laughs> character just, like, slowly munched his way through an entire Questing Night Star. Which <laughs> was hilarious. Uh, so, yeah, that was kind of what happened in the game. And, like, it, once I broke that, 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 like, kind of, you know, handed the game to me for the most part. Yeah, and what was the... And, like, the Busters took off the, the uh, Forlorn and stuff. We had, like, a, 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 a situation on the flank where his, like, Pegasus Knights could have done okay against uh, some of my small units of, of shooting dwarves but in the end like uh, i think he charged something and i don't know didn't get an overrun or like there was something like that that happened uh, or like i held the first turn and then i just like got some counter charges with you know units of 10 dwarves and units of 10 dwarves are actually really good uh, against these kind of flanking units so just managed to kill them as well brilliant so what was the score in the end it sounds like you got a big win yeah, I got the 19 points in my last game. Nice. Good yep. job. All, all I'm saying, Casimir, all I'm saying is that I think I've played Kevin Matt recently. You've played Kev. I've also played Tony. I think don't think we've lost against a UK podcast in a while. Yeah. 
Bink, yeah. So are we the best podcast in the UK? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, my game five. Um, I played against Terry Flattery with Dwarvenholds. And this was the like the weird list with yeah. <laughs> all the Thanes and all the bolt throwers. Yeah, he has some like really funny things. Like he has a Thane that can ambush, but he doesn't have any equipment. He just has a great weapon. He's just a dude. He's just a dude can be like wandering up on your backfield and like. <laughs> yeah, but he didn't. He didn't ambush him. So. Uh, no, not against you, but I, I think that's just hilarious if you're fighting a gun line. Yeah, it w- I mean it was scoring units. So basically, what happened? I dropped for the first turn. Um, thinking that, I mean, I just need to get up to him and kill the bolt throwers, because they were all at the back of the thing and the, the back of the table, and the flame cannons were just going to destroy all my infantry, basically. So I had to be either aggressive or sit back. And I was like, I'm not sitting back at this point in the tournament. I'm going to try and be a bit aggressive, at least in the first turn, and see what I can get. Um, he just cornered. I was like, ah, oh, fine. <laughs> it's going to be one of those games. <laughs> so, so what happened was, um, I he, he gave me like a a nine into the steam copters with my gorgons oh and turn, turn two so i was like i'll take that i i killed them 330 points it's almost the price of the gorgons anyway um I, Why? I, I, I don't know i don't know maybe he didn't realize how fast they were um yeah, okay. so i could overrun into the bsb and the warriors so i was like with all the thanes in it as well so i was like i'll do that maybe i'll kill a couple of bsb maybe i'll kill the bsb or some or some thanes and they're supernal, so they're not going to break. So I, I did that. Um, I'm trying to kill off the flame cannon, which is like in the middle of the field, basically stopping me advancing the rest of my army. And none of my shooting could do it because it was like in a field or in a yeah. in a wood yeah. or something. So that was a bit frustrating. I was all the magic put into it. I couldn't kill it. Um, he's like slowly advancing everything else. Um, the magic's not really doing anything either way. My shooting is doing absolutely nothing. My cavalry are like making their way around the back of the building on the far left to like get through the bolt throwers one at a time. Um, the bolt throwers are actually doing like a lot of work on my units, and there's not much I can really do to uh, to mitigate it because I if I want to advance and I'm going to get shots in the flank, it was pretty rough to be honest. Yeah. Um, he was rolling really well, really well for them at times. And the Kraken was basically just hiding behind the hill not to die <laughs> and just protecting my back lines from the copters. Um, I think basically what happened is the Gorgons killed like one or two characters. I was trying to snipe the general uh, with the with the Cosmo snipe and just trying to pick up points here and there. And I was quite lucky in the last turn that he didn't kill a scoring unit with shooting. I think I had like one or two guys left. But basically, I think it ended up like a twelve-eight to me. Yeah, twelve-eight to me because I'd killed more stuff than him with the shooting and the gorgons, um, and we drew the scenario. So it was a fairly like non-game, but it was quite tactical as well. And that's it, and ended up fifty-seven points, Ooh. same as you. Yes. So, uh, yeah. What do you? So, what is your takeaway, like, from your list and from the tournament? So, the assassin was good, but I think I need a unit of black cloaks in the list to um, make him a bit more, you like, a bit more utility. Kirsty was amazing. Yeah. Apart from the last game, <laughs> she was like so good. Uh, that's that's staying in the list. The raptor chariot, nah, I'm not sure about that. Um, but it it did do some good work. Actually, the raptor chariot in this game, it charged in and killed a killed his general maybe 
I think that's right. I sniped it and then I charged in and obviously four attacks, plus one to hit, plus one to wound, strength six, is enough to kill like an unarmored character. So I think they actually went in and killed a general or a couple of characters or something like that. So that, that, that was good in that game. Um, the auxiliaries with the, the BSB were fantastic. I'm going to keep them in the unit. Maybe play around a little bit with the magic setup. Um, I've been experimenting with evocation because I think that could be quite good. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see with the new update in December if it comes um, what to do with the list. But I really want to try some Warlocks. Yeah, they seem really cool. Yeah. How about you? So I think, surprisingly, this is like one of the first times I've ever gone to a tournament. And afterwards, I felt like my list was perfect. Like, I don't have anything I'd like to change. Like, everything worked really well. Uh, the times I lost, like... I think against Craig I was always going to lose, but the, I felt the reason I lost so badly was because of my play, not because I didn't have the tools to you know do something. It's just like, for dwarves, that's just not a good matchup. You know? yeah. um, it was the same with the shooting matchup. Like, I, I had the opportunity to pull it back, so I, I didn't feel like there was something that, that didn't do its jobs. Like, like, the two busters are fantastic. Like, they... Uh, they didn't like you know appear when I talked about the, my games that much because they like they don't do these like spectacular things. They just, but they, they zone well. Yeah, they zone really well. They give you like another piece that's interesting in terms of movement yeah. uh, and stuff like that. And also, as soon as somebody has like some kind of region, anything, the fact that you can suddenly put four times forge repeaters on the table is really really powerful. Yeah, I, I think I kind of feel the same about the Obsidian Guard. Like they didn't really do much in the games, but they. They couldn't have provided like a, a no-go area for yeah. for the opponent's army because they're so killy. I think I could do with maybe less of them. I don't need 23. And maybe I could do two yeah, two smaller see. units or one smaller unit. Um, the Gorgons were also quite fun and quite useful at times, but they just they die really quickly. Yeah, they're quite fragile with just a 5 plus save. Yeah. Yep, so overall, um, really great tournament. Thanks very much to Matty P for hosting us. Um, yeah, that was fantastic. Really, really nice to stay over and see the guys. I wish I wish I could have stayed longer and hang out a bit more, but this is how it was. Yeah, I I had to, like, my flight got cancelled on the way back, so oh, really? I had to take a flight uh, on uh, 6 in the morning on Monday. Uh, oh. So I, I did stay that extra time, which was really nice. Like, I we sat and had, like, a... I take out and a nice long conversation about you know everything. Try to finish off all the beers that you had bought. <laughs> so much beer. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, any final thoughts on the the tournament? No, I think it was great. I'm looking forward to going again. I think there's a tech in like the first half of the year next year. Okay, cool. So something like that so definitely it's like an easy place to get to so I definitely like to go back like a, great, a good venue uh, the fact that you can stay with Matt definitely helps things as well yeah I think there's also uh, there's a Masters Open in January I'm not going to be able to make it but yeah, I think that's the next big tournament in the UK and I think the next big tournament for us is probably going to be Scottish Champs in March yeah are you going to a battle for Copenhagen in February um maybe <laughs> Haven't yeah, seen it yet, but I'll, maybe I'll check that one out as well. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's like a free day tournament or something, which is kind of difficult for me because then that means taking vacation. Yeah, you know? probably, yeah. probably not if it's three days. Yeah, or maybe I. I haven't. I've only seen that it says three days on the thing. I don't know what it actually means in terms of when you play and stuff. Yeah, 
But uh, I think the last thing for me is that I was super happy to get nominated for the best army. I wasn't really expecting yeah. that with like Kev's army and other Kev's army, <laughs> like being so yeah, well painted. But I, yeah, I, I think we maybe... spent some time like hyping you up and stuff. Like people really enjoyed all the little conversions and the free hand yeah, and stuff. Yeah, so. exactly. Like I, I think that all the free hand on the banners combined with. Uh, all the conversions that I've done and the Kraken being like the centerpiece which was quite unique um, yeah exactly I think that maybe like pushed it enough for me but I, I'm quite like enthused right now to to paint an army and actually do something a bit more uh, high quality yeah that's nice I actually also got like uh, quite a lot of compliments at least on my army which was I was also very happy with because I felt like I just like you know pushed it out like I, I didn't feel like I'd put too much effort in but then like looking at it all together I f it does definitely give off like quite a unified vibe that looks looks quite nice yeah and in general I think dwarves are very hard to kind of do for best painted because there's no like yeah. centerpieces and e everything is quite small and and yeah I think you dwarfy. need you want to have like height diversity in your army to make it really stand out yeah like, definitely lots of, like, I, mean, I, I had the sizes. trees and the and the gates and the like the lanterns and stuff to to do that yeah yeah exactly exactly no so i mean that was the reason i didn't like i didn't put too much effort into painting it which i was really happy with but i think the next project is probably going to be a, more of a high effort one for me as yeah well. so what, what's next on the on the painting table for you uh so right now i'm actually not painting nine phase stuff i'm like painting a, a bust uh so that's uh so it's like such a, a nerd bro <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know. Like the but nerdiest thing to paint. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, it's really quite interesting. It's fucking, it's crazy more difficult actually because you know everything's so large that you can't really you can't dry brush make it. the same mistakes you know that you normally or like you know you, you can't like phone it in as much. So I, currently, I'm not good, like my plan is to not paint knife edge stuff until the updates, and then once the update hits, I will start thinking about it again. But what's I'm the hoping what's to, the bust of? Sorry. What's the, what is the bust of? Uh, it's like a of it's a, this uh, like Ronin guy uh, with uh, let's see like a, a kind of traveling samurai guy, and then it has some like uh, references to uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, you know the Mandalorian with Baby Yoda. Like it has like a baby uh, like a Japanese demon on its back. One of those you know with the water in its uh, head. Like it has a little. Do you know about these? No. <laughs> so there's like a there's a Japanese demon which is hilarious because so he has like a little bowl in its head. Like imagine if somebody like pounded a baby's head to make a little you know okay. hole, and then it's water. And like how you defeat this demon is that you make it bow because like it can't like live uh, without the water. It tips the water out. Yeah, because it's Japanese, so of course it's super polite or something. So then it tips it on water out. Hmm. But anyway, it's it's a, it's a really like nice uh, nice bust. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Cool I'll on. send you over a picture. Yeah, send me a picture. I'll, I'll put it as the the episode picture or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, about well, uh, try again. What am I <laughs> painting at the moment? I well, I'm, we're gonna get the three D prints from Weird Factory soon, so I think that will finish off my unit of Thunderherd. So that's probably next on the painting table for me. So it's just kind of wrapping up the Dread Elves, and I'm actually almost finished my B set list right now. So maybe I'm gonna get some games of B sets in soon. So I think with that, we will call it a day. If you want to get in touch with us, you can write to us at amatimedk at gmail.com. You can get Casimir on Twitter at... Yeah, amatimedk. 
or uh, my I have another one of underline Ichunia as well, but that's more difficult spell. So sure, go for the Amazon DK one, and yeah. you can find me at the forum Henry P Miller. Yeah, and Casper the Swede on the forums. Brilliant. That's a wrap.